Hey guys, welcome back to Beer Buddies. Uh, we have a special brown ale episode for you today. Um, we're out here on the podcast patio. If you hear any extraneous noise, it's because we're in an apartment complex. So we uh, a couple of old people on a first date down at the pool. Good for them. Good for them. I'm gonna move that bottle opener. It's gonna oh, be nuts. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll take. I'll th- throw it on top of the mixer. We're not using. There we go. Yeah, we tried some extra production value things, and it's just not going to happen. Um, it's like pouring PBR in a glass. Something's just too nice. It's, it's just true. Like, it does not work. It's true. We just, uh, we're going back to the one microphone thing. It's worked pretty well. It's worked pretty well. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, so we got a brown ale episode. Um, you know. It's quite a brown ale episode. It's funny, yeah, we got eight beers that we're going to go through today. So, bear down, we got a long episode talking about a style that is, it's funny, we found so many brown ales, but it's a style that is wildly underrepresented mm-hmm. in the craft beer scene. And, uh, funny enough, also is a style that at one point was very near and dear to our hearts. Oh, we'll yeah. We'll talk about that as we go, but, yeah. um... You want to go ahead and crack open the first one and just jump in? Let's do it. So, the idea behind this one, I guess, is similar to the peanut butter podcast where you and I, we like peanut butter beers. We like brown ales. But, you know, you look around on the shelves, you see a lot of IPAs, a lot of stouts. You know, you don't don't really see a lot of brown ales in front of your face until you, like, really start looking. Like, you really start, like, going slowly up and down the beer aisle at your grocery store. Uh, and then you start to notice a few, which is how I came up across uh, these these eight uh, brown nails. Mm-hmm. Which to me is a surprising number. I mean, you can find, um, like if we were to say we did a Blondale episode, do you think we'd be able to find eight different Blondales? No. Right? Like this, but that's, I was surprised to find this many brown nails because a lot of people aren't, you guys are sleeping on browns and you shouldn't be, all right? The brown style is a good style. I mean, if you... For our listeners, if you think um, I like beer that is well balanced, that has a nice sweetness to it, mm-hmm. that has some complexity, right? Some sweetness and some complexity. Yeah. Um, but you also find that you d- also this is the kicker part. So you like some sweetness and some complexity, but you, the IPAs are a little too hoppy and the stouts are a little too strong. I promise you, you love brown ales. Yeah, if, if like stouts and porters a little too heavy for you. Yeah. Oh, especially and, and, and like right now it's September in California. Sacramento had a what almost two week streak of over hundred degrees. Mm-hmm. On a day like that, a brown ale, I mean a nice brown ale by the pool. That's that's a good choice. Yep. I'm so about you. Uh, let's jump into drinking and because we got a lot of drinking you had yes. left. But this first one is Samuel Smith's Nut Brown Ale. Uh, it's an English brown ale. And uh, this one's a little fancy. It's got gold foil over fancy. the top of the bottle. Yeah. Let's go ahead. It's a tall and, uh, skinny. It's not like an American style twelver. Cheers. Cheers. Where's bad luck? Mmm. Mmm. It's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, it's got like um, a little bit of body, but a clean, a clean finish. I'm yeah. Like I'm, I'm giddy. Like I'm too smiling right now. I can't um, talk. This is nice. Kind of reminds me of like if it was a very light body mm. porter. It's very sweet that, too. That yeah. finished, kind of finished. Almost the same way like a rice lager would finish. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's an ale versus a lager, so some of this doesn't. It's not really, super clean. It's really clean finish. It's a really clean finish. It's good. Really, really nice. And 
um, you could drink this in a hot day, right? Like, yeah. it could be 113, you could drink this and be okay. Mm -hmm. um, it's got a refreshing quality to it for a darker colored beer. Mm -hmm. mm. Which, honestly, um, so Chris and I have been playing this episode for a minute, and uh, a fun fact, this is the first day in Beer Buddies history that we're actually recording two podcasts in the same day. No, that's because, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Podcast topics seem to be piling up for us and not piling up as far as ideas because we always have ideas. Yeah. We're piling up to where we just have so much beer in the fridge, we got to start actually getting through it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Out with the old and with the new kind of idea. And so uh, I've had a lot of time to sit and think because, well, Chris made an interesting observation that we used to really drink brown ales a lot more. So. Mm -hmm. Um, at, in fact, at one point in time, I remember someone asked me at Red Robin if I could only ever drink one style for the rest of my life. What would I pick? And I picked brown ales. Um, was that before or after the very one specific point in time where we drank a lot of a specific brown ale for our second... It was before the infamous Growler Gang incident <laughs> where we drank two Growlers and a Tall Bottle, mm -hmm. which... Of the, the same beer. For the, yeah, for those playing along, we drank two growlers and a 22-ounce bottle, which is 150 ounces... At 6.6%. ...of a beer that will be later in the podcast. It's a bit and, heavier beer. And so we're talking yeah. 50 ounces per person in an evening, and after that I kind of... You're probably right. That was probably the, the turning <laughs> point where I kind of cooled off and down was from it. But even another beer yeah. that we're going to have in the podcast was mm. always on draft at uh, a dive bar right next to OU's campus when I've been going through my doctorate. I would actually mm. go every now and again and just grab grab a pint. Yeah. Um, but at one point in time when I was... I thought I was into beer, and I definitely liked solid beer. I'd like to go to BJ's and try those beers. I like Sierra Nevada. I like Lost Coast. I had a lot of good ideas, and brown ales were my favorite style at that point in time. Wait, does Sierra Nevada have a brown ale, though, specifically? Well, so they do. I wasn't referencing brown ale specifically. I was just talking okay. about beer in general. Well, this is something, I don't know if we want to get to this later on. We have some honorable mentions at one point we want to talk about, but... I was trying to think about the ones that I'm looking for for this podcast, the ones scouting for the Browns, and I couldn't remember if Sierra Nevada actually makes a brown ale it's, or not. Sierra Nevada and or Sam Adams both have brown ales that they've made at some point in time. Okay. Um, and I don't remember if... I haven't seen them for a while, though. I don't, you could probably find them on certain shelves in like a BevMo or a Total Wine or larger, mm. larger places, but... Um, yeah, I mean, assuredly, those two breweries have made a brown ale at some point in their history. Okay. Um, huh. Yeah, real quick before we drink this and we don't get to talk about it. Um, minus, we'll, we'll talk about our history with brown ale over uh, several hours as we go, because like, we're splitting eight beers, mm -hmm. and so we've got a lot to talk about. But I like this beer. Um, we have the English-style brown ale, which is a little bit different than the American-style brown ale. Yeah. Um, and the English style brown ale, like most English beers, typically uses just more of a bready, biscuity type of malt. And uh, yeah, it gives it a little extra body, a little extra push. But it's nice. It's it's surprising how clean this beer finishes. It's, it's the body up front. Yeah. That really throws me. You think you're in for a, quite a ride, and it, it finishes super easy and clean. Uh, really refreshing back end. Like, ooh, this is nice. Yeah, I feel it's like nice. it's like if you're sparring with someone and you see them wind up, you're like, man, I'm about to get hit. 
but the, the glove has so much padding that when you get hit and you have headgear on, you're like, ah, that feels fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's probably not a big deal, but you know, like, if you didn't have the headgear on and they didn't have gloves, like, they probably would have knocked you out. So this is a nutty brownie also. What are, you, what, what are your um, aromatics? What are your tasting notes for this one? What do you think? It's, it's hard for me to put my finger on. I'm getting chocolate, but it's not directly. It might be hazelnut. You know what I mean? That's, I'm getting more of a, and this is something we're going to see through a lot of, but I get, through brown ale stuff, I get a lot of hazelnut and caramel kind of Oh, ideas. caramel, yeah. Well, um, the color too, it's very, it's a, it's, you could call it brown, it's almost like a grizzly bear brown, like a caramely brown, almost an amber not quite. I get a little bit of no. caramel, I get a hint of chocolate, I think that's where that sort of bitterness is coming from. Mm-hmm. And then, um... I, I wouldn't be surprised if this uses a little bit of caramel malt of some kind. Well, it probably or, does. You look at the color, you know? Um, which gives it... I don't know if you can see the same. I'm looking at it across my, my computer screen. It's a little bit brighter. But uh, I think more of a hazelnut kind of flavor. A little, um, Definitely a lot of a caramel kind of stuff. But then, you know? um, yeah. Like a nice color to it. Even a little bit of toffee, maybe. Yes. Toffee. But also a little bit of that biscuity quality. A toffee biscuit. Um, that is, yeah, that's almost dead like on. Like a, like a, almost like a maple scone kind of vibe. Mm. A maple brown ale. Actually, I'm going to hold my comment because I think we do have a maple inspired or maple infused brown ale coming up. Before I misspeak. Yeah, so this is pretty good. Uh, but that's going to be, you're going to hear a lot of those kinds of things. Um, toffee, caramel, hints of chocolate. Hazelnuts, um, biscuity, like there's a lot of, and you know, and the balance of those flavors mm. um, is going to come in and out. So to me, there's a hint of chocolate and um, a lot of mm. that hazelnut kind of thing going for it. All right, I'm going to pick your brain about something. You can say no. As we go through no. these. Okay. I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> A lot of times, guys, off air when Ian and I are on adventures, that's how things go. <laughs> I have some crazy ideas sometimes. This one I don't think is that crazy. Um, I guess um, I would say, because, you know, you and I would drink all of these beers we're going to have. It's not, not a question. But would you recommend this beer to a beginner or a seasoned beer drinker? Like, you got to pick one. Probably more of a season. If I was, if someone wanted to try brown ale, I reserve the right to change my mind. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna nuance your question yeah. in the guise of someone wants to try brown ales. Mm -hmm. So like I was looking at that Sam Smith's one. Like I would recommend it to someone who is more in the beer game. Like if someone was like, yeah, I'm trying to get mm -hmm. beer, I'm interested in brown ales. Exactly, that's my point. I would though. push yeah. them. I wouldn't push them to this one. Okay. So this is more of a seasoned beer thing. So I guess this is for our listeners. A lot of, not all of our listeners are um, into beer as much as we are, but they are curious and they ask, about, which one should I try? I think I'm going to reserve the right to change my mind. I think this next one, this is a good segue that we're about to get yeah. into. Yeah. See, I think um, you, you see where I'm getting at. See, it's not I, such a crazy idea. Right? I think, no, you're not crazy today. Um, but this next one is Downtown Brown by Lost Coast. Uh, this one is an OG for us. It was an OG it goes for back. us. I go way, yeah, we go way back. I go way back with this beer. Uh, I go back with this brewery quite a bit. At one point, Lost Coast was my favorite brewery. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. And see, this one is a little bit darker in color. 
Mm -hmm. This is an American style brown ale. It's a little bit more opaque too. A little the, bit more uh, opaque. The Sam Smith was a little bit more of a, almost like the same color and thickness of like a mm -hmm. red trolley. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cheers. Cheers. Of course, bad luck. Oh. See, when you said American Brown, I think this one hits the nail on the head. Yeah, and I think this one's easier to drink than the Sam Smith. Yeah. Remember I'll be the, honest, between these two, I might prefer the Sam Smith if I was looking for something with a little bit more complexity. Yeah. Pal like, if I was looking mm -hmm. for more of a daily drinker, I'm probably grabbing Downtown Brown because this is yeah. smooth. This is absolutely crushable. Remember when we used to say, oh, man, that was a, that's a complex beer. We'd taste through it and then... You know, all the I, stuff I'll be honest, the listeners aren't going to be shocked to hear this. I think once we got into Goose Island, our palates were stretched beyond, well beyond yeah. what brown owls were mm -hmm. ever going to do. We started drinking triple and double IPAs, mm -hmm. you know, the other direction. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the other thing is, um, I think the brown owls... So I do think the brown owls don't have a lot of complexity like we thought. Mm -mm. But brown ales do have a ton of nuance. They're, they do have a very specific pocket that they like to be and, in. Yeah. Again, when we're talking about there's hints of chocolate, there's hints of toffee. There's this one's much more chocolate. Yeah. There's oh, hints yeah. of hazelnut, there's hints of caramel, there's um, <sighs> even some biscuity qualities. I'm going to say, if yeah, like a coffee biscuit for this one. Yeah, if, definitely. If you're balancing all of those flavors, you know, it's so much easier, like, if, and it's not shocking on your palate. It's so much easier to kind of jump in. And honestly, um, this might be one of the styles when people want to start getting into dark beer. I think it just makes sense now to jump into brown ales. Like, we've, today might be a very mm -hmm. enlightening experience for me in the sense of, like, when someone's getting into craft beer, like, hand them a downtown brown. Like, oh, this is good. Like, yeah. Let's, yeah. Then we'll step you down a little bit, but... It's also... I bought this at a grocery store. You can find it. It's not like a the microbrew style that we usually go for when we talk craft beer. You and I go to the can and releases and stuff. And this Lost one you Coast can find. Good brewery. Oh, they're solid. They're oh. a good brewery. So I swirled mine up a little bit to get some of the carbonation out of it, a little more oxidation. Uh, or oxygenation. And let's see, I'm gonna take a sip here. Oh yeah, that, that mellowed it while out quite a bit. I highly recommend giving it a quick swirl. I did, yeah, and I am mm. so this one and this one I get almost like a hint of molasses. I was gonna say I don't get the toffee in this one, but I do get like a cake or like a not a coffee cake, but it's a very subtle bitter coffee with a little bit of chocolate. Some sort of dark, like dark, not brown sugar, I think but that's like a molasses. From the chocolate malt. Chocolate malt is yeah. gonna provide a little bit of that burnt kind of quality that coffee mm. grounds would. Yeah, yeah. But burnt is not quite flavor. the right word. Right, right, right. Yeah. But it's that sort of almost toasted, almost charred, but not quite either of those things. It's, right in this weird. But that's that's where some of this. I mean, this isn't a bitter beer, but it does have a tiny, tiny bit of that bitter taste to it. I think that's where it's coming from. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Because then we're getting into the territory with some of the malts they use. The same way when you make a stout bitter, you make it bitter from the stout, uh, malt instead of the hops. I don't think this has a bittering hop in it the same way. I think this is, it's not bitter, but it does have a little tiny bit of the, that bite, and I think it's what you're talking about. Well, and so, that's, and that's another thing if, you know, for our listeners again, um, if you've listened for any length of time you've heard us talk about this, this is why flight order is so important. Not because it necessarily determines the best experience, because sometimes it doesn't. But mm -hmm. 
it does change. Like if we were to drink these in reverse order, that the Samuel Smith is going to suddenly taste a little more complex. But I wonder if that hop quality you're tasting, or that bitterness quality, could potentially be a hop thing, which Maybe. American beers, yeah, American beers in comparison to British beers, are typically more hop oriented versus uh -huh. English beers are typically more of that. Uh, biscuity grain quality. Yeah. So I don't know. There's so there that's, is sort of like a country cultural thing no, there. That's a really interesting comment you just made because if I were to say the biggest difference between these two, um, well, there's two differences. I would say the Sam Smith is more of the toffee versus this is more molasses. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, the Sam Smith has more of a biscuit flavor. This one, it doesn't have a different flavor. It just does. It doesn't have the biscuit flavor at all. Right. And that gives it a completely different. Um, like as it's going past your taste buds and and doing the the post drink decom you know, it's it's a whole different thing. It's uh it's uh in music school I learned about this con concept called notable by its absence. Mm hmm. Exactly. There you go. Um, where you know, in an orchestra there's thirty parts happening at the same time, and you don't necessarily hear what the second violinist is playing because the first violinist is mostly mostly covering them up. Mm -hmm. But if you were to delete that second violin part, the violin part, the first violin part feels a little bit more empty. Interesting. Um, and so, um, which isn't necessarily when we say more empty, we're like, oh, that's inherently bad. Maybe we don't want it to be as full. Maybe we don't want that whole picture. Sometimes less is more. Mm -hmm. um, and in the case of these two, I'm not really sure how to sort it out. I think they're two different drinking experiences. If I was going to oh, yeah. have... But honestly, at this point, if I was going to have just one bottle, I'd rather have the Sam Smith. Mm -hmm. But if I was going to, like if you said, hey, we're going to split a six-pack, I would rather grab the Downtown Brown, effectively called DTB, than affectionately called DTB. Yeah, for sure. You know, I would, at least that's my take. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the thing. I think the temperature of the drinking environment does help, too, because it's cooling off tonight. Uh, I, I can see the Sam Smith being a better beer for a hot day. It's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon by the pool. Uh, downtown Brown, if we're hanging out, splitting a pizza, watching a movie, this is... I'm, I'm not even going for Sam Smith. I'm going for DTB all the way. I think DTB actually goes better with food. Yeah, okay. Um, especially heavier foods because mm. I think DTB is mm. more out of the way. And so in, That's, in a pairing context... There you go. That's what I was trying to put my finger on is the difference between the Sam Smith. The Sam Smith has a very upfront... When you drink it, there's a very much upfront tasting experience and a clean finish. The Downtown Brown doesn't have that upfront. It's more subtle, but it's more consistent. And it's, it's like you said, the nuance of, of not being there, that that cookie taste not being there up front, doesn't necessarily make this one um, easier to drink, Downtown Brown easier to drink. It's a different experience. So let me even take it one step further. Okay. So they both pair with food really, really well. Okay. But I would pair more of an appetizer. Um, with Sam Smith, where the relationship is more of a, let's say, because Sam Smith, the, the brown ale is not going to take over mm -hmm. to where, so like, and let me back up even further. If you do like a barrel-aged stout paired with food, mm -hmm. you can't do heavy food because the beer is so heavy. Yeah. But with the brown ale, the food is inherently going to take up more of that relationship. Yeah. Um, and so, to me... Sam Smith, if you're to pair with food, I would rather do an appetizer because that relationship is going to be more 50-50 or 60-40. Yeah. Um, and so something like, even like, 
like bar food, like potato mm -hmm. skins, or like something where it goes really down, or nachos. Like it would go down fairly, fairly well because yeah. the, that food would be more at the forefront. Um, but even more so with downtown Brown, like if you were gonna do like a pulled pork sandwich, mm. or like ribs, or you know like those types of things. Those that at that point the relationship with the food is like seventy thirty in favor of the food or seventy five twenty five, and mm -hmm. so more so, and so that's a great way to have like a really balanced, great tasting beer that has some a lot of great flavors, right? Like that's going to be something I'm going to harp on by the end of the brown ale episode. It's mm -hmm. just there's all of these different flavors, but the beer is still absolutely crushable. Like honestly, like. I would probably go for downtown brown before I'd go from those pilsners because there's you and I were onto something. It's not a complex beer, but it's a very nuanced beer, and there's a lot to chew on if you will sit with it for a minute mm -hmm. while also making it a very easy drinking experience. Oh yeah, you can chug a pint of this and not think you know if you if you're in party mode. I mean, this is this is approachable. I think you're right that this would be the beer you want to give to someone who's not as much into craft beer and wants to try dark beers. It's very... Um, yeah, and if I had like a three-gallon keg of this on draft, yeah. I would feel good. Uh, five gallons would be a lot. Like 40-something pints would be... Well, well the three or four friends, though, that were, you know, like you and I are into beer, and then a couple people that were like, yeah, I like Guinness and stuff. Yeah. We could get, we could do that in a day or two. We could go through three gallons. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like a pool party or a barbecue. That's doable. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't get bored of drinking downtown brown. It'd be fine. Yeah. You know, you and I like variety, but I could drink this, you know, three, two, three pints of this and not complain. Yeah. Uh, here's a weird question for you. If both these beer in an ice chest for an outdoor barbecue, hanging out with friends, which one are you grabbing? So while you were talking about coursing a meal and having these beers, which, which parts of the courses they pair with, I had a very interesting um, thought, and I want to get farther through the beers. Before we talk about this, because I want to pick your brain, but maybe instead we could do a ranked at the end. But then also, I want to pick your brain about which ones you would pair with a three-course meal. So like an appetizer, main course, and dessert. Mm. So this is what I'm thinking: is is depending on like if we just show up, everything's still cooking. It's you know we got two hours left in the smoker, but they got some salami and they got some you know whatever things out. I'm probably grabbing the Sam Smith. Same. But if I show up and they're serving you know the the pork shoulder and they're putting on rolls, I'm probably grabbing a downtown brown. So I think the temperature well, the, and the rolls the, thing is funny because the mm -hmm. rolls are that bready biscuity kind of quality that Sam Smith already has in it. Mm -hmm. You okay. know, okay. It's interesting, at least in my view. You know, yeah. someone might have a completely different take on that, but that's I kind of get what you're. But what you just implied inherently just was like that's what sounds good. The the chemistry or the science or just the culinary part of that mm -hmm. is that. The part that we've subtracted from Sam Smith can naturally be filled up with the food. You know what I mean? And this beer just, the DTB in my mind slides in better with entrees. It is just a different experience. I yeah. think they're both super good. So, so Sam Smith is the highlight where the appetizers are kind of the, it fills your stomach or a mm -hmm. little bit of hunger versus you move to the main course where the, the food itself is the highlight and downtown brown complements that. It's in the background. Well, so it if, kind of trades dominance. If you're comparing these two beers, yeah. that's where I think the nuances lie. Because yeah. I think, part, admittedly, part of the, 
the thing with this podcast that I've had to do is really just wrap my head around like, okay, how are we going to talk about eight brown ales in a different mm-hmm. fashion? Because admittedly, six of these are almost the same beer. Almost, in a mm-hmm. weird way. Like, they're all very much in the same pocket. The mm-hmm. last two are wildly different. Yeah. But... <clears throat> well, this next if, one is, is one I don't think either of us have had before. Agreed. So. Um, but... They would both kind of, like, they both go with appetizers, they both go with entrees. Like, that's what's so great about the flexibility of brown ales. But if you're comparing mm-hmm. the two, that's where we can kind of separate, which we can yeah. do more of at the end. Like, all that's what ales. I was saying. I want yeah. if, if we have a, at the very end, what I'd like to discuss, we have a three-course meal, appetizer, main course, and dessert, and you got a pair of beer with each one. You're the beer pairing guy. I want to pick your brain about what you think. But I think we need to go through a few more of these beers first. Agreed. So, this one we've never had before. I just sure. actually, first, uh, first time seeing on the shelf, uh... What do we got, Jordan? Temblor Brewing Company? Temblor. T-E-M-B-L-O-R. Temblor. Yeah. Brewing Company. Okay. It's an almond brown ale. Mm-hmm. A little bit lighter in color than in downtown brown. In collaboration with Famoso. Ooh. Famoso Nut Company. Okay. So they must have used, like, like actual almonds. Interesting. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I would hope so. A project in collaboration with the California Almond Board's leadership program. This almond brown ale is made with freshly roasted California almonds. Roasted almonds. That's an interesting touch. Yeah. Not just almonds, but roasted almonds. Which, yeah, brown ales somehow are known for that nutty quality, and so to mm-hmm. add roasted almonds in the process is pretty cool. Not just almonds, but roasted almonds. And yeah. this beer being this color, it's almost as light as the oh, Sam Smith. Oh, this is completely... Com- so we have, within these three, mm. we have we had sort of a clear factor, a slightly filtered... Or, slightly filtered, mm-hmm. and this one's completely opaque. Like, Chris just put his camera flashlight up to it, and... It's so like a red, orange, brown. The, the light's hue. getting through, but you can't. I can't actually see the flashlight itself. Yeah. Um, For those listening at home. Dirty so, brown water. But, okay, but we're gonna cheers. But before, just put your nose in it. Smell the smokiness from the roast. Woo! Ra- think Roush beer. That's what I'm thinking. I want to taste it, but I'm thinking Roush okay. beer might be. Not as. Uh, up front as I thought it would be. It's not as up front. This one has the biggest back end of all of them, though, too. But that's where that roasted flavor comes in, mm-hmm. in the back. Yeah. Roastiness in the back. It's nice. Interesting. It's a nice touch. This is a very light feeling. Or I guess when you taste it, the flavor profile for a brown ale, this is a little lighter than I was expecting. Yeah, that's cool. That's, that's really cool. That's really almost, interesting. It's a little bit lighter than the Sam Smith, or almost the same. I yeah, would put it well, in the same well, ballpark. Well, it's interesting that the Sam Smith kind of bites up front and gets away. And downtown brown bites a little bit less up front, but gets out of the way. And then this one stays out of the way, and then kind of hits you moderately in the back. In the yeah. back, very nutty. Almost like a nut brand kind of thing. Not like like when you think nuts, it's not chestnut or walnut. The almond is very sweet, subtle type of nut. Yeah, and I get like a nutty bread almost. You know what I mean? Like a wheat bread with nuts. Yeah, I get a lot of like caramel flavor in this too. Yeah, it's really sweet. Caramel? Is it caramel? I'm trying to... It's like a bitter caramel. It's either caramel or it's toffee. It's not toffee. I feel it's more caramel with a hint of chocolate. Yeah, like but it's a bitter, bitter chocolate. chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Did we just become best friends? <laughs> 
bunk beds would give us so much more room for activities. Uh, I, I definitely, yeah, I, I taste a lot of caramel. Um, yeah, well, the color. If you look at the color when I shine it through, it's very caramely in color. Yeah, which makes me think that they actually used more of like a crystal malt, which is... Mm in the homebrew world, essentially a caramel malt, but not a dark caramel malt. I think probably, usually there's 60, like if you're going to make a red ale, um, usually you would use about 60 Lovabond or 90 Lovabond, and I think there's probably a heavy leaning towards like 90 Lovabond, whereas like Stouts mm-hmm. would use 90 and 120, so I think okay. there's a little bit of 60 and a little bit of 90, but probably like a 60-40 relationship leaning towards the 90. Uh, that might be a little. That's a little bit wonky, but it mm. is using some sort of caramel malt. This does have a strong ties to a red ale, though. I was just gonna say, do me a favor, and clear your mind. Clear your mind. I'm waving my hand in front of my face. Jordan has his eyes closed. We're meditating. Drink this and tell me it's a red ale that's not bitter. Tell me I'm lying. If you added some bittering hops to this, I would argue it'd be. Very damn close to a red ale. I don't hate that take. Which is a little bit of a leap because uh, red is not a direct vertical lineage of uh, brown ales. This even has some red hues. Yeah. So I don't, I think this is also, in my mind, this color is a little bit light for a brown ale. It's It's a lot a bit dark for a red ale. Yeah. But... Uh, you're on to something. Like, to, honestly, if they dry hopped this, well, not mm-hmm. dry hopped, if they bitter hopped this and did a longer boil, you dry would, hop it with the right earthy it, hop again. It would immediately become more of like an Irish red. Yeah, yeah. Um, I see where you're going. Yeah, and that point mm. didn't land quite the way I wanted to, but the, the concept still remains. Um, uh, those listening at home, you're just going to have to take our word for it. Just trust us. This one is kind of a curveball. I wasn't expecting this almond, uh, this toasted almond brown ale to be this interesting. But it's very interesting. It's almost like you could drink it and not think anything, but when you start looking at it, it does have some complexity. Like, this yeah. is that nuanced brown, excuse me, nuanced brown ale that you were talking about at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Uh, the, the end is big. It's, I mean, this is where, again, flight order comes into, into play here, where mm-hmm. coming from two brown ales, where the back end felt very subtle versus this one hits. Yeah. So did we talk about our ideology for the flight order this time? I don't think we mentioned that. No. It so, might, this might be a good time to bring that up. You know, and here's here's the question to our our audience of, you know, Chris and I have talked about flight orders and that we typically go light to dark. And depending on the flight, depends on what I do with sour beers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly think there's some conflict within the school of thought of how you do it. A lot of people just put the sours in the front and then you go light to dark. Some people might put the lighter beers and then depending, like, I did add a sour IPA, so I did a light beer, a sour IPA, and then IPA, and then my dark beer. That mm-hmm. kind of order. But with eight brown ales, like, what the heck do you do? Yeah. Kind of the question mark. And so... <clears throat> and a few of them we haven't tried before, so we really don't know. So that's where hindsight's going to come in of when, when we really, you know, do our hindsight segment of did we drink this in the right order. <clears throat> so far, I would say mostly yes, or at least there's yeah. certainly no problem with the order. And maybe but, it's not the most optimal order. So what's our theory? Do you want to talk about our theory behind how we order these? So we, 
went from mostly from low to high ABV. Yeah. And the one spot where I really I pushed moose drool a little bit further back, which is I, I think it's our next one because yeah. I don't think we have a no. I think moose drool's next. Is moose drool four? Yeah, I think it's number. I four. thought it was five. I thought moose drool was number. Four. I Maybe. thought there were because we had eight beers. And I thought three were bigger than that. Yes, but we had four or five five percent beers. Cool. So, so we'll see. But yeah. I pushed new moose drill back because I remember it being darker for a brown ale. I'm gonna start putting these over here so we can Yeah, here I'll put that. I'll move um, I'm I'm attempting to help Jordan, but it doesn't really actually help Jordan. I'm just making it look like I'm helping Jordan. That's great. There you go. Um for you, buddy. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, so we'll see. But it's low it's mostly low to high ABV. Um as you guys will hear by the end of it, it's like, woo, that's a big, that's a big brown ale. Oh, People the, have pushed the boundaries of brown ale. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big bottom brown. That's, well, I mean, once you guys hear the brewery, you're like, oh, no shit. You know, of course. These guys swing hard. They swing for the fences. This, so, so this ABV is 5%. Mm-hmm. This has a shocking amount of body. For a five percent beer. Yeah, and it's lighter than you think. It and would I think be. if someone was getting into beer, I feel like this would have a ton of complexity. Mm-hmm. For someone getting into beer, and so would you give this to a beginner or a seasoned beer drinker? Oh God, probably seasoned <laughs> beer drinker. <laughs> Versus downtown brown is beginner. Here you go. Yeah. Okay, so we got mm-hmm. seasoned beginner seasoned. Okay. Well, so here's the thing: is you just didn't give me a lot of options, which I know is the point. The point it's of the whole question, point. yeah. And I don't hate the question. I think it's a good question, but it, it's like, would you give it to a seasoned beer drinker or a beginner? Like, well, a seasoned beer drinker is going to clean this shit up, but then also like a beginner, like, mm, it's yeah. a little complex for a beginner. So I guess the if if you gave it to a beginner, would it scare them? That's well, kind of the idea, so right? No, and none of these, and that's where I think at least the first five. None of these yeah. are going to scare the beginner, but I also remember like being a beginner and drinking Moose Drool. Oh, and, and like, Downtown Brown. And we it, we it, thought it was big, big time. Yeah, like I remember that. Like I like, I really, really thought I was getting into complex beer, nuanced and a lot to chew on and understated. Um, but. Gosh, especially given, like, I'll clean up eight bottles of brown ale well before I clean up eight bottles of goose. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you and I, yeah. you and I split six bottles of goose, and we can't even get through it all, and we are fried. Yeah. Versus we'll clean up these eight bottles and drive, like, I'll drive home and be fine. Well, I'm saying, like, it's, it's like our day when we were in uh, San Diego. You know, we tried, what, six or seven different breweries. Was it eight in a day? We were different, eight different breweries. We did flights. Then we get back to Carl uh-huh. Strauss, and we're still... Pizzaport? Uh-huh. Kilowatt? Helms. Culture. Culture. Culture and Beaver. Yep. Green Flash. Up oh, Ballast Point. Ballast Point. Green Flash. Mm-hmm. Carl Strauss. Yeah. Eight. Eight. Great. But when we got back to Carl, Carl Strauss, we had dinner and we were still able to taste the beers. We I think we had a, a red trolley and I think I had a chicken sandwich and you had something. I forget what you had. We both had a chicken sandwich. That was red good. Red trolley with the chicken sandwich is a surprisingly good pairing. I wouldn't think they pair my yeah. red ale with a chicken sandwich like that, but it was surprisingly good. But even after a day like that, of all the different flights that we had, um, we were still able to taste a lot of the stuff. But like when we go to the Goose Island flights that we do every couple of years, the complexity is just, I mean, oh it's, it's like to the moon and back. It's not even close. Like, But I've really, you know, so while I've been getting my homebrew stuff, 
Um, I, I like to Google random things. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you take a keg camping? How do you... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, just because if you and I were ever to go camping, I think it would be dope to just mm -hmm. like, hey, I want to be here. We're, we're got around the campfire. We're mm -hmm. growing up some meat. Like, hey, pour a beer. Like, let's just let's keep cooking because, you know, around the campfire it takes longer to cook. So might as well enjoy a beer, too, while we're doing it. Yeah. Um... But one of the things I Googled was like, what, what do you, like, home, and then if you, if anyone ever wants to replicate this, if you just Google whatever beer question you have and put homebrew at the end of the idea, you find mm -hmm. out what homebrewers think. So I put most mm -hmm. underrated beer, homebrew. And a lot of people said brown ales. People sleep on brown ales. Yeah. There's a ton of complexity, but there's a ton of crushability there, right? Meaning you can drink three or four pints. And feel good. I think you're right about a camp trip. Like, especially, like, we have the lake over here. Imagine, like, you have a five-gallon keg and there's four or five people in the campsite. You can drink that brown ale during the day when you're out swimming at the lake. You can drink that brown ale in the afternoon. You can drink that brown ale when you're barbecuing steaks at night. You can drink that brown ale when you're hanging out by the fire. There's no... I mean, you can probably even have brown ale for breakfast. Well s'mores, you know what I mean? And like, scrambled eggs. And, you know, I'm saying, like, there's no there's no real bad time to drink that brown ale, especially if you're camping. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, I think it's the pale ale of dark beers. <laughs> I, think, I think you're right, dude. I think you're right. I was going to say that uh, um, Guinness is probably the pale ale of stouts. Or, uh, you know, but this is definitely... So they don't really want to drink that much Guinness. Yeah. Any any of these three brown ales, I would kill multiple pints of. It's just shocking. This is like a back to like back to basics, getting to our roots kind of thing. This yeah. is shocking. Like this is, but in a in a nice way. In a nice right? way. Very nice. It's especially uh, just because you know I think, admittedly, with the California beer scene, it's very IPA heavy. It's very stout heavy. It's very mm -hmm. sour heavy. Very, those and those three styles, regardless of the if it's a double, triple, imperial, whatever, mm -hmm. those three styles allow for a lot of pushing the boundaries. So I understand why those those three styles to me, stout, sour, IPA. Those are they're yeah. pushing. How dark and heavy can we make it? How hoppy can we make it? How sour can we make it? How fruity can we make it? Right, mm -hmm. and that's I'm reducing it. There's more to the game than that. Yeah, but you don't see a ton of red ales, Bruce. You. God, outside of the out of bounds one we're gonna drink later, I can't remember the last time a brown ale was at a brewery. Mm -hmm. uh, it's blondes and pilsners. Yeah. IPA sours and stouts, and the occasional wheat beer, the, the occasional mm. red ale, some porters, but like. You know who makes a brown pretty regularly? I'd say once a quarter. Fort Rock. Yes, and it's a very by the book brown ale. Yes, and so I'm not saying it never happens, but, but like man. But. When you take so like we just took our, a couple of my buddies around town uh, last week or week before, mm -hmm. uh, we didn't take them to Fort Rock because we took them to the heavy hitters. Yeah. But like you're, to your point, the heavy hitters aren't the ones making brownies. Yeah, but I think it's interesting. There's something nice about okay, give me some nuance and some stuff to chew on. Like yeah, when we talk about Vienna Lager, a Vienna Lager is a German style. It's well balanced. It has a variety of different flavors to chew on. Mm -hmm. Like to me, the American Brown Ale might be the actual American pushback to the Vienna Lager. It's a completely yeah. different style. I'm not saying they're comparable. Yeah. But like the same kind of idea applies. 
there's a bunch of options available. They all have their own taste. They're pretty mm -hmm. approachable. Yeah. Like, even, I'm hoping by the end of this, we'll have eight different brown ales. And we excluded, honorable mentions, Fort Rocks Brown Ale. Well, that's what I was going to say. Would this be a good time to have honorable mentions of the beers we have? Fort Rocks Brown Ale. Yeah. And Newcastle Brown is not here. Yeah. Uh, it's not in any store that we found. And you went to, gosh, six or seven. So did and, my cousin. And so I went to yeah. two or three. And it's not anywhere we can find. Mm -hmm. And so Newcastle Brown Ale definitely, to me, is like the epitome of the brown ale. Like, if, if you're going to say... That's the godfather. The godfather. Agreed. 100% agree. Um, and to me, the, the big three of brown ales are the uh, Newcastle, Downtown Brown, and then Moose Drill, which we'll drink later. Oh, Big Sky makes some good beer. Those, those are yeah. the three that I'm going to drink. And um, I'm interested to see. Moose Drill has been my favorite. I've been drinking yeah. As much as I say it's nice to get back to basics, I've been drinking Moose Drill every two or three months for the last couple of years. I'm going to grab the next three. So that you're right, Moose Drool was next. <laughs> I forgot that the road bumped it out. Oh, is this Moose Drool? Yeah. Yeah, oh, like Jordan. Even Jordan. I, I popped the bottle and it started overflowing. Uh-oh. Like, there's, we have a mess on the table. I don't. I have a towel I usually have out here. I don't know where it is. You guys are usually pretty clean. Uh, I'm the messy one, so I usually keep a towel out here for myself. Uh, the bottle ex exploded. That's why I just started pouring. Oh, I hope... I bought this from a grocery store, so I hope it wasn't um, stored improperly or transported improperly. I don't know about that. Yeah. It just, uh, it's just, it's active. It just wants to be here. Which is good news for us, usually. But look at how much darker this is mm -hmm. compared to the other three that we've had. Indeed. Indeed. Like All even... Right. All right, Jordan's holding up the light. Yeah, it's it's got some of that caramel color to it, but it's a little, a little darker. Yeah. I think, I think moderately darker, too. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Drink orange, bad luck. Mmm. This is really... Mine's really smooth because it was three-quarters foam, but... Mine's also incredibly smooth. It was not three-quarters foam. A little bit smoother than the downtown brown, I'm going to say. Yeah, somehow provides, I think, a little bit more to me. Yeah, it's a little bit more complex, but you have to look for it. Well, it's there. It's definitely there. See, now this is going to be I think tough. this is a little bit more mild than what it should be. Yeah. At least in the last couple of times I've had it, this is substantially mm. more mild than I remember it being. But it's good. It's good. This is a crushable brown ale. Honestly, it's my fave. Same. I'm going to say same. We've got a couple more to go through, but I think this is, I mean, Boostrol, you and I have always liked Boostrol. I mean, Big Sky makes an okay IPA, an okay half. Boostrol Brown, oh. That's probably their best beer. At least what we get distributed out here, because they're from, I think, Montana. Mm. So, we only get some of their more commercialized, larger production stuff. I would be curious to go to Big Sky and see what they have on tap. I'm, if these guys do not have a tap room slash restaurant, I will be surprised. 
Oh, they're probably a big a big mm-hmm. place to stop. They're probably the Sierra Nevada of Montana. Mm-hmm. Of like, That's what I'm saying. They have to have, like, imagine, like, um, Moose Drool with, like, a good barbecue cheeseburger or something like that. Ooh. Yes, please. Or, like, a Moose Drool with, like, a really awesome set of chili fries or some weird... I don't know what people in Montana eat. If you're from Montana, please leave us a comment if you've been to Big Sky or if you just eat food in Montana because you live there. Please tell us. <laughs> I'll eat moose. Maybe if you can find moose. Yeah, moose. I, I don't. I actually don't know if I know anyone that's ever had moose. I've had black bear. Yeah. How was it? I had bear jerky. Yeah, it's close enough. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, yeah, we've had a lot of. Most of the animals I've eaten are from the southern part of the country, like alligator and snake and chicken, beef, basin, whatever you know. I don't think I've ever had bear before, though. We have an ostrich. If you uh, are listening to our podcast and you do like food and like to eat food, the Sacramento um, County uh, hosts the State Fair, California State Fair, every fall, or I guess end of summer. Mm-hmm. And this year they actually had a big push for the foodie community. Mm. We're known for a lot of interesting foods. Uh, they had, uh, one time I was there, they had uh, deep fried watermelon on a stick. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's deep fried uh, boa constrictor. You can get uh, Funyun cubes and all kinds of crazy food stuff. I do like the deep fried stands. Mm. Um, deep fried cookie dough is still my favorite. Oh, that's understandable. So pretty great. Also, my family does have like a, a moderate obsession with cookies, so... I do. It's not shocking. Um, so yeah, that's fine. Back to Moostrel, though. What mm-hmm. do you? Where do you taste? This one is really mellow. Like I'm fighting the taste, and when I when I'm, I'm breathing out of my nose, I gotta take a sip. I'm really breathing out of my nose, trying to get the full uh, palate engagement. I'm getting a bitter chocolate, but it's really subtle. So I agree. Really subtle. I also get some hazelnut. Let me try for that hazelnut. Hold on. Because I don't smell it when I smell my cup. I don't smell it either. I'll just save you some time. (laughs) Okay, I see hazelnut. I see you there. That was loud enough to get picked up. You guys enjoy that. You have to gargle to get the hazelnut. Mm, I do. Chris Chris has to gargle moisture to taste hazelnut. (laughs) <laughs> yeah but it's really subtle and it might just be this bottle to be honest um, I don't think I don't know I don't want to keep saying that I don't want to go there you've had Moostrol several times more more recently than I have more frequently than I have is this on par with your tasting experience of Moostrol? No my uh, my experience mm. is more complex than this I think this yeah. is a little watered down so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hedge my bet now I'm gonna go with the Moostrol that I know and chalk something up with this bottle mm. it's still good it's still drinkable but I'm not like I almost get like a cinnamon flavor out of it mm-hmm. but not really that might just be a um, an aged of the, the, the bitter dark chocolate flavor that is, is slowly falling out of the beer. Yeah. I'm really feeling calling out the grocery store. I don't think it's... Uh, you know, we're not, we're not going to go there. We're not going to stoop that low. But again, this is something we've talked about in the podcast a few times. You, you know, If you don't go to the brewery directly, you don't really know what happened while it was being driven around town. It's true. So. Uh, and not just that. We've just... 
I'll just even simplify it. We have just had experience after experience after experience where going to the source was better beer. Oh, yeah. Well, having it on draft in a restaurant, even if it was a restaurant where I was storing it, I was pouring it. And I mean I was storing it. Mm-hmm. And pouring it. I, mm-hmm. It just... It was it's still not the same as going there. Whether it was yeah. Rubicon, whether it was Track 7, whether it was American River, um, Knee Deep even, uh, the Sierra Nevada, Sam Adams, you know, like yeah. we're talking nationwide... Mm-hmm. Um, it it just it's not the same unless you go, yeah. And that's why if like, especially if you have two or three beers, it's usually by the three beer mark. Once we have three beers from a brewery, like you know we need to go, mm-hmm. we need to go and see what this is about because, man, yeah. But still, Moose Drool uh, will always have. A special place in my heart. It's true. Same for you. This is this is like if if you like like say you're hanging out at a barbecue or like say you're at a backwoods campfire. You know we have those sometimes around here, and the, you know you meet a couple of new guys. Like oh, I'm I'm into beer. I'm a beer guy. I'm like yeah, do you like moose drool? Like ah, it's a little. I don't really like him. Like yeah, get the fuck out of here. You know I mean like if you don't like moose drool and you're a beer person. Um, We've met a lot of people like this. I'm like, no, they just like sours. I'm like, oh no, they they only like IPAs. So you're not a beer person. You're an IPA person. That's a different thing. That's it's true. That's a fair argument. This is one of those beers like everyone that's into beer, beginning to you know craft brew at your house, you know home brew, high level. You, you have to admit this is a good beer. So, you probably don't remember the first time I had Mistral, hmm. but it was. Um, while we were in the band together, mm-hmm. and uh, it was between iterations of Last Thunder Class. Nice. And it was when one day you decided I was mad at you, and even mm-hmm. though we just hadn't talked for a minute. It happens. Uh, and uh, we said, hey, I have some friends coming by. If you want to, because I work down the street, if you want to come by Yard House, when you get off your shift, you should come by and drink some beer. I showed up. I was like, "Hey, where's everybody?" Like, I don't know. They bailed after I texted you. Everyone canceled. Oh no, that was for like my birthday party. Uh huh. <laughs> and then you were the I only person that showed up for my birthday party. I was the only one that showed up to your birthday party. We bought you some yeah. beer, mm-hmm. but uh, I was that was very very early in our beer beer drinking journey. Mm-hmm. Certainly mine. Mm-hmm. Like, what should I try? Like, try Moostrol. I drank it. Like, this is actually pretty good. That's back when I was working at the pizza shop, and we got done one night. We all closed up, and there was a couple other guys that were in a punk band, and the manager was in the beer. And we're all hanging out, and across the street from us was a liquor store that actually was like, and sold some pretty legit craft beer, mm-hmm. which is where I, I got into Eight Ball Stout from Lost Coast and, and Great White. And then actually, uh, my friend that I worked with had recommended we get a six pack of Moose Roll, and we're all just hanging out after work. We all just had one and before we all went home. It was like two weeks prior to that. Mm. So that's where I got that idea from. I was like, man, this is a good beer. Oh boy. But that's also the same place where I think. Um, I bought the eight ball stout from from uh, Lost Coast, which is a very good stout. It's a very mm-hmm. by the book stout. And then immediately after, I tried a Newcastle Brown, and it tasted like bananas and brown sugar because the palate shift was so huge for me back then. Going from the stout backwards to the Newcastle Brown, it tasted like banana bread, which was crazy to me. And jumping from you know, if we were to jump into like Obsidian Stout from Deschutes right now, mm-hmm. 
I think obsidian would have a ton of dark chocolate complexity that would like kind of shock the palate a little bit. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. But I do think there is a there's a reason the style is so approachable. And I think so far we were almost done with beer four. We have four more to go. But we're halfway I, done, yeah. I no no no. We're not halfway done. The closer Well the closer distorts the halfway part, but Yeah. I mean, once we get to the last <laughs> beer, the thing to remember is Ooh. we we still have hindsight and rank the cans and we're gonna talk about pairings. Three and course so, pairing, yeah. And so, gosh, we might even want to talk about pairings before we even get to the last one. I think the last one might have an influence in the pairings, though. Hmm. Maybe. Because we were talking about appetizer, main course, dessert. And... We'll tell you what. Before yeah. we jump into the eighth one, we'll talk about pairings about the other seven and mm -hmm. finish out the pairings talk. Because even though that last one's a doozy, between pairings... In hindsight, and ringing the cans, and then talking about the beer itself, we don't mm -hmm. have enough beer in that last bottle to do all of that. Yeah. So. Yeah. In any case, halfway through though, and I've kind of reevaluated so things I thought about the beer scene as far as I do think brown ale. I, I agree with that form. I read there were a lot of people like, hey, brown ales are underrated, and they're so highly underrated. This came from. A very recent experience of mine, I, I, what was like a month ago, just on my own, bought a six-pack of Downtown Brown, tried it, and that's where I was like, holy shit, our palates have changed so much. I wonder what Jordan thinks about Brown Ales now. So I put this idea with you. We agreed this is a great idea. We should revisit Browns. Do you agree with me that our old perspective of Browns versus our palates now and these Browns, there's a... A very, uh, I think we already talked about this, a large amount of growth that we've had, but like, how great is this? Are you having a good time? Like, this is pretty That's great. That's pretty great. Uh, <laughs> That's my point. Like, holy shit, this is I fun. Will say, uh. I will say this to kind of push back on, like, so first, there's a very loud endorsement today of mm -hmm. Brown are great. Yeah. And I, I mean that. Oh, yeah. They also, like, if someone's like, all brown owls taste the same. I don't hate that take because they are, they're not entirely wrong. You mm -hmm. really got to know what you're doing to taste all the nuances and the differences. Yeah. But what that does mean though, is if you're not that person that tastes the nuances and the differences, odds are, and we'll see how the next four things play out, mm -hmm. brown ales are a safe place for you to jump in, especially if you're looking into getting into dark beer. Yes. This is the shallow end of the pool. Agreed. And it's a fun shallow end. This used to be my favorite part of the pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Several several years ago, before Goose Island stretched me, beyond well beyond what brown ales were doing. Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, I even I even simplify it like this. Um, so most of our listeners know. At one point, I was married. I'm not currently. It's cool. But at my wedding, I was at like I was asked by the wedding coordinator, "Hey, we have some beers on tap. Can I grab you a beer while while you're eating dinner?" And I said, well, "What do you have on tap?" He said, "Well, you know, we have downtown brown." I said, "Stop." That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. That's enough. I didn't hear the rest of it. Yeah. You and, know? and it paired really well with your dinner. Yes. I had a great time. Like, I had a wonderful time drinking that beer, eating my dinner. It was Italian food, too. I don't even know that it was, like, now that I know what I know about pairings, probably wasn't the best pairing. 
But when what? I had a great time. It wasn't a bad pairing. It's sure. Yeah. And so, yeah, take take that as you will regarding brown ales, but I don't know. I think this is it. I think this is, this is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a good time. This is... Uh... Especially in the summer, mm. with how hot it's been, because I really do enjoy... There's just a touch of there's a touch of complexity, a touch of complexity, which is really just the nuance we've been talking about. Because mm -hmm. like today, if you're like, hey, you want to split a bottle of Goose Island? I'm like, no, yeah, absolutely not. No, it's like, uh, yeah, that's way too complex. It's not refreshing. Yeah, yeah, so actually, there's a touch of complexity, yeah. and then it usually gets out of the way, and it's refreshing, mm -hmm. and I can crush. Clearly, we're gonna crush. We're gonna split eight bottles, but mm -hmm. we did the math number of ounces. We're gonna crush four pints of brown ale, and there are some nuances, but there's not enough variance through most of these, most of, mm -hmm. to where, like, if someone looked at me and said these first four beers, ah, they all taste the same. It's not true, but also they, they do have a lot of similarities. It depends on your your palate and how deep you've dove in, I guess, is dove in? Did you dove? I don't know. Maybe this is this is a bad sign. <laughs> My English is losing. Uh, it's, it's leaving. Um, how deep down the rabbit hole you are. So, yeah, if you, if you know how to taste for the differences, I would say, like... Not also not wrong where a lot of these there's enough similarity between these oh what the hell is that uh oh we have another spill what's going on with these beers tonight well, that's quite a loud noise it's picking that up pretty good the, yeah. the dryer I don't know why these keep exploding this is very interesting they've been I've stored in a refrigerator for yeah, I've never a while seen Maybe these brown ales are as excited as we are. It's true. So, alright. Cheers. Cheers. Mmm. So this one, I'm going to go ahead and read off this one. Great. Uh, this is a, um, from Rogue. We like Rogue from Oregon. Um, this is a hazelnut brown nectar brown ale. Um, hazelnut is strong with this one. <laughs> it's going to bring balance to the brown ales. Uh, I'm looking on the bottle. I don't see descriptions of anything. Uh, oh, there's a very small one. Ale with natural hazelnut flavor. Great. Okay, that's it. Thanks, Rogue. Um, when I smell this one, it does smell very... I think the chocolate taste I keep referring to is actually hazelnut. And some of these beers. This is a very hazelnutty beer, mm -hmm. which is good because it's, that's how it's advertised. Oh, it's a lot of hazelnut. Oh. Yeah, what's really crazy with this one, the hazelnut is so nutty that you can almost taste like the nut shell in like some of the uh, non-nut parts of a hazelnut as well. It's a real hazelnut flavor, it's a real nut flavor. It's not nuanced. It's very much in your face. Yeah. I'm trying to get all of my answers in a row as far as the pairings. Trying to get trying to think about this. 
It's not easy, huh? This is a little bit more interesting, and I thought we had an interesting idea. It's a little bit more interesting than I thought it was going to be, to be honest. It's pretty interesting, just in the sense of like... I will say, if you're listening and you know how to taste beer, go, t go taste a bunch of brown ales. Mm -hmm. And you'll probably taste a huge... I mean, if you, even if you don't think you know how to taste beer, go taste a bunch of brown ales. You'll probably taste a, a lot of nuance. There's a lot of variety here. Yeah, and so what's interesting, this one is a hazelnut um, brown nectar brown ale versus the toasted almond brown ale. Completely different. I would say are almost completely different, but they're still in that brown ale category, right? They're still about 5 ABV. They're still similar color, a um, little bit of sweetness to them, medium body up front. So but am I allowed to make specific pairings, or am I limited to... Appetizer, entree, dessert. If you make specific pairings, you are still limited to only three course meal. Okay, cool. Because yeah. so there's examples where I think if you limited me to just entrees and certain for some of these, I'd say no. But I can mm -hmm. think of. I'll just give away some of the information now. This almond brown ale. I can think of ways where it might actually be a really interesting pairing for a specific type of entree. Yeah. But that's it. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I would recommend it for a whole different category. Mm -hmm. Well, I was going to say you can be generalized if you'd, you'd like. Like mm -hmm. you can say a, a general appetizer of like charcuterie or um, if you have like a cheese wheel or something like that. And cool. then have your, your, your entree could be like, it's going to be... Um, uh, taco salad, or it's going to be pulled pork shoulder, or it's going to be, okay. you know, a, a steak or something. And then you're, you're like, for me, I don't want to get into too much detail like that, but like, um, I, I'm going to stay probably generalized, but like my third course would be like something like, you know, like a piece of cake, a chocolate cake, or maybe some ice cream. So or like something like part, that, I'm right? I'm going to stay in the appetizer, for the most part, I will stay in the appetizer, entree, dessert category. Yeah. But there are some interesting ideas that I think I have. I'd like to hear your specifics. That's something interesting. I, but I don't have cool. specifics at this time. Well, I, I, ver, I, I might. Um, I might. I'm thinking that almond brown ale would go really awesome with some sort of... Uh, what the hell are they doing over there? It's a garbage can, for God's sake. Leave it alone. <laughs> uh, like that almond brown ale would go pretty awesome with some sort of vanilla ice cream and like some sort of like maybe Oreo cookie vanilla ice cream. You know? Oh, that, sure. That's where I'm going with this. I can see that. Not super specific, but like, you know, that would be a good pairing with the dessert. With I mean, I will give it away. I, that almond brown ale, the third beer we drank, was very much, that was a dessert beer to me. Yeah. But, but um, I do have, I'll tease it, I do have some ideas of how it doesn't fit into dessert. Mm -hmm. Well, not that it doesn't fit into dessert. I do have some ideas on how it can fit into a different category. Yes. So same for me. That would be a good appetizer one, too, for me, depending on the appetizer. But mm. the next beer that we have after this Rogue one is kind of more along the lines of what I'm thinking for a dessert beer. The next one would be, like, this beer, which we haven't drank yet, and, like, um, chocolate lava cake or something, you know, or, like, a French toast or something like that. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I think we need to drink through some of these a little bit more, but... Um, it's really interesting to start. Ideas. See, yes, exactly. I wanted to bring it up early so your brain would start uh, processing well, some of these, man. I mean, for those who don't know, 
I'm I'm very much into the pairing game. Um, it's just as far as like I I go home. Some people read books. I will think about beer and beer pairings. Um, I'll even think about how can you pair four different beers to the same object. Like, can you pair four different beers to donuts? Can you pair four different beers to ice cream? Can you pair oh. four different types of cake and pour four, pair four different types of beer? Can you, you know, take the same chicken sandwich and come up with three different beer pairings? Can you know, like, really specific yeah. things? Yeah. Um, and if you take one ingredient out of an entree, does it change the pairing, and mm-hmm. why? And um, Chris has seen me do some pretty, pretty innovative for someone who's not trained in this. Some pretty innovative things with pairings, and mm-hmm. so uh, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, the restaurant background and the bartender background really helps me with this, um, but... I was going to say, I train all the time. I have a trained background. I'm not as good as pairings uh, as you are. I can't do that. I train every day. Sure. Yeah. Just, um, there's a lot of creativity involved, admittedly. Mm-hmm. There's just like, okay, what am I tasting and what kind of goes mm-hmm. with that? Um, yeah, one of the mo- more interesting things I tried to do was try to pair something that had a very strawberry-flavored, like a strawberry-forward kind of idea, mm. with a banana-forward type of beer. Mm. And to, in the midst of the pairing, there was the strawberry-banana thing happening. Mm-hmm. It was just, I thought it was mm-hmm. interesting, but... Yeah, this rogue thing is good. I don't find... I find Okay, if I said this rogue beer is probably the most complex of the five, am I right mm-hmm. or am I wrong? Um, you're not wrong. Or is it, it not has, complex? It just has the strongest flavor. I was about to say it has the boldest flavor profiles, but it doesn't mean it's also not the most complex. I think it doesn't have the boldest flavor. Is the more appropriate question. Mm-hmm. It has. It has. Each flavor layer is very clearly defined. It's right in your face. I mean, as far as it's not hiding both anything. boldest and most complex are going to be blown out of the water by the end of this, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I think certainly at least at least one of the next three beers are going to blow the previous five out of the water as far as mm-hmm. complexity. Mm-hmm. I think so. Rogue's putting up a good fight. It's true. It's got a lot of it's, range to it. It's good. And I say range is in like it starts off kind of a sweet, like we had some of these browns are, are really sweet up front. And Gosh. then the rogue finishes off, it's kind of a bitter, but it's a nutshell bitter. Like almost like a walnut bitter, you know. It's a good so, thing we're going to rank the cans last because, gosh, by the time we shuffle all the bottles twice, because inevitably with eight bottles and both of us, we're not going to even kind of agree. No. Like going back to what order did we drink these in? Mm-hmm. That's going to be fun. That's going to be a good time. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll get there. I'm not I'm not going to say that Rogue is like a underdog surprise because we've had some good Rogue beers. They make some good beer. It's surprisingly bold. It is for the flavor, for the style. But I'm, I'm saying that Rogue usually throws down. Agreed. So I'm not uh, and they delivered hazelnut brown ale. This is, oh gosh, they smack you upside the head with that hazelnut. 
Yeah, it's a real, it almost feels like a real nut flavor too. Like, I'm not saying reference to how the brewer was made, I'm saying the flavor that comes out of the beer, I feel like, I'm not, I'm not tasting that fake candy hazelnut flavor. I feel like I'm actually drinking hazelnuts. Like, I, I went to a tree, I picked the nuts, I put them on my beer glass, and I'm drinking a beer with hazelnuts in it. Great. Yeah, I agree. So, this next beer <laughs> oh. is the infamous... I actually haven't had this since the second Growler game. It's been a while. That was like three or four years ago. Yeah. Well, that's for a good reason, because we had a shitload of it. And uh, the only reason I grabbed this, Jordan and I, and I want to give a shout out to Out of Bounds, make one of our favorite beers, uh, Juice Blackberry. And it's about the time of the year now when Juice Blackberry comes out. I think they canned it last week, actually. If you're listening to this episode, um, I think they canned it the last week of August. So I wish they would put it back in its summer spot that it was in. Well, that's where they have the grapefruit there, which to me is the stupidest. No! Anyways, so um, when I went there, out of bounds, uh, I was looking for the Juice Blackberry. They had made too much, and they made it out of sequence. They made too much Powder Toast Man. So they were selling it two for 24, two for 25, four pints. So about eight pints for 25, which usually this beer is about 20 bucks for four pints. So it's a pretty good deal. It's one of their more expensive beers they sell. Um, I haven't had it in a while either, and I was pleasantly surprised. I drank through those, and I, I brought some to a couple friends, and I saved this one for us for our Brown Ale podcast. Uh, it had been a while for me too, Jordan, and uh, it wasn't as, as difficult as it was or as I thought it would be. So I'm, I'm optimistic. I hope you have a similar experience as you, uh, you dive back into an old friend. No, this is like a friend I decided I didn't want to see anymore. And then showed up at my door. I was like, hey man, it's been a while. I was like, yeah, because I told you I don't like you. We hung out for a night, and it got a little wild. Like, oh, this is a lot of friend. I don't need this much friend. I'm going to dial it back a little bit with this guy. We're like, we don't talk anymore. like, yeah, I know. It's nice. (laughs) But look at the color on this one. It's light compared to the last two we've had. It's a very strong red hue. Aromatics are not particularly strong. Cinnamon comes out of it. Okay. I just put my nose in the beer and smelled it. That's how I know. Went up my nose. So, Out of Bounds, it's the Powdered Toast Man Brown Ale, which it is, according to the can, a brown ale with vanilla, cinnamon, and maple syrup flavors added. So, mm-hmm. they're trying to make a French toast brown ale. Yes. Which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. So. Are you ready? Go. Are you ready? Some of the sweetest beer we've had tonight. And I would argue... I think these are all probably craft beers, maybe not Moose Rule, maybe not Sam Smith. I think they're all, uh, maybe not Sam Smith, but I think all of these fall, like if Sierra Nevada and Sam Adams and Yingling fall under craft beer, I have mm-hmm. a feeling that Big Sky does too. Mm-hmm. But if I were to go like this and move Powdered Toastman away from these brown nails, 
Would you agree that it is almost in its own category? Yeah. It does not taste anything like any other brown ale we've had. It's much lighter, has less body, but it's also the sweetest and has um, a complex flavor, but it is not the same tasty notes as we've gotten from these other brown ales. It's true. Imagine if they used the same malt um, profile as Sam Smith to get that cracker or cookie taste to it. Oh boy. I, you know, oh, excuse me. Stop yawning. I was uh, thinking about that. That a victory malt or a Maris Otter mm -hmm. with a little biscuity quality would really iron out. This is clearly too road to me. Yeah. You gotta wonder because the other ingredients are probably more expensive to work with than we expect. Well, not just that; it's and it's really to down to, to if we're gonna order four pallets of two row. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. like we might as well just use two row because we gotta. Yeah. That's what we're using. Yeah. Versus, are we really gonna make? You know, if we're gonna order a whole pallet of. Maris Otter. Are we gonna really brew a whole pallet's worth of Maris Otter? Mm -hmm. Or into... even Crystal for this one. Well, Maris Otter's a base malt. Okay. So that's, that's what I'm saying for two row. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So instead of two row, if we use Maris Otter mm -hmm. instead to give it that biscuity quality, are we actually gonna order a whole pallet of that? Probably not. I think so. Okay. So don't. I don't want to misquote. I don't want to misspeak. But I think. Powdered Toast Man is a beer that Out of Bounds makes semi-regularly. Hmm. It's not a staple. It's not always there, but it's there pretty often. I feel like it comes out once a year. You think so? I think so. Because it's in the stores now. They, they distribute this one, and it's in the stores quite often in like the, the bomber bottles. Um, maybe maybe I'm wrong. That's what I'm saying. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm, just, I'm, I'm saying like it's not uncommon to find it here and there. Not all the time. But sometimes you find it. And it's more often than juice blackberry, unfortunately. So you know, out of bounds. Please hurry up and, and can that juice blackberry. We're we're getting uh, at least I am getting withdrawals. I need some. <laughs> For those at home, Jordan just shook his head yes. That's the beer. Very concerned. So that's oh maybe we should do do an episode where we just drink juice blackberry and just a shit ton of it. <laughs> I don't care if we record an episode, an evening of that would be wonderful. Yeah. Maybe we'll, uh, oh man, if we get my dad to fly out here. <laughs> we'll drink just black beer with my dad. You don't like IPAs. You know, oh, we have a, a pretty <laughs> back and forth relationship with Out of Bounds. You know, at one point they were definitely one of my favorite breweries. I love well, their yeah. stuff. Ultimatum is a good IPA. And so is, you know, Pat and Toastman is not a bad brownie. Cabo Blonde, Strawberry Blonde. Strawberry Blonde's good. They have a really good, it was an orange creamsicle mm. ale that I tried not too long ago. Ultimatum was good. Pat Toastman was good. The Juice Series was dope. They've come up with some sours that are good. Mm -hmm. uh, the mm -hmm. Salted Caramel Stout Barrel Aged Caramel. Oh, that was good. Caramel Super Stout. Oh, great. At one point, you know, they had. I don't know what the growler fills now, but Thursday, cheaper growler fills. It used to be $10 for a growler fill on, on Thursdays. Thursdays. Yeah. And that's, there's no way it's that anymore. Or at least if it is, it's on very select styles. And 
one of my favorite breweries. You know, we were killing a whole growler of juice blackberry once a week. If for for a month, you and I split a tall bottle almost every day. Yes. Of juice blackberry double IPA. It is delicious. And gosh, and also, and that's the beer we use to get your dad in IPAs. Mm-hmm. It's the beer I used to get my cousin Scott in IPAs. It's that's the beer right. I used to get most people into IPAs. Um, this is also the brewery that was banned from Growler Gang availability because Logan and Miles kept bringing it so much that I got yep. sick of having out of bounds every Growler Gang. Yep. Like, nope, don't do that. Well, then you go to uh, Folsom to the, the brewery restaurant and they charge you 13 or it used to be a few years ago, $13 for one piece of bacon sliced up and then some chicharrones. Yeah, it's probably uh, like $18 <laughs> now. Yeah, for one piece of bacon? Like, are you shitting me? Yeah. Oh, the beer's good. It's very good. The OG pale ale is very good too. Yeah. So how is this powder toast, man? Now that you've revisited after all these years, it's okay. Is it a brown ale? Yes. I think yeah. It's it's on the outskirts. You could you'd have to make an argument that so it's, it's a brown ale, but it, it is. It could be. Well, no, 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 no. If it's not a brown ale, what the hell is it then? An amber with no. Uh, Cinnamon and vanilla. Okay, maybe. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, it's on the edge of a brown, and you have to make the case for it. Yeah, but it's on the edge of an amber, too. You have to make the case for it. Yeah, all the other ones we've had tonight are very much in brown territory. Brown territory. And this is what I'm saying. This one's kind of an out, it's out to left field a little bit. Okay, it's light. It's light for a brown, but it's dark for an amber. And it does not have the brown tasting notes. Okay, does it have the amber tasting notes? I don't think so. So I think probably where we're coming from is you, I think your point is if you tasted this blind, what would you call it? I wouldn't call it a brown ale. And my point is, if you drank this and then read the can, you're like, yeah, it makes sense. But that's my point. That's where the argument comes in. So no, we think this is a brown ale because this, this, and this, and they put it on the can. Um, If you didn't have that to reference, I think it would be hard for you to know this is a brown ale, the blind tasting. Yeah. That's my point. I can see that. It's on the edge. I can see that. Could you drink a pint of this? I really don't want to. Okay. Even splitting a can, I'm kind of like, I want to say that I feel like the cinnamon is dancing with this bitterness that I don't like. I think it's one of those things where after that growler gang where you mean Logan's put two growlers in a tall bottle, but again, it's 50 ounces, it's three pints a piece basically uh-huh. in an evening like I ever since that I've been like nope yeah Mm-mm. you've had enough it's like you know if one one evening you puke something up like I can't do it anymore like I can't do Jack in the Box curly fries I puked them up and that's fine mm-hmm. like if you can't drink barrel aged beers and we have a bunch of them and you throw them up and you try to vacuum them up in front of your Christmas tree I love you Miles <laughs> <laughs> fuck you Logan <laughs> <laughs> Should 
Should we call Miles back? <laughs> oh, hey, man. Miles, we're talking about vacuums and what you shouldn't vacuum up. Do you have any recommendations <laughs> of what you shouldn't put in your vacuum? Or what, what you shouldn't you guys. leave under your Christmas tree. Yeah. So, uh, Miles was probably under the Christmas tree, if we're being honest. Oh, he was. He was. Love you, Miles. <sighs> Fuck you, Logan. <laughs> Uh, or should we call Logan? Just, just say that. Here. Hey, we're uh, recording a podcast. Fuck you, Logan. Alright, see him. you later. Yeah. Alright, man, see you later. George, just want to let you know. So I don't uh, blame you for babysitting this beer. I'm having a hard time, too. Uh, I also had more of it recently than you did, and I'm a little burnt on it again. It's burnt toast, man, for me. And uh, Burnt out toast, man. Yeah. yeah. We only got two left. How you feeling? Bro, I honestly wouldn't even hate if we poured this out. No? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll chug it for us. Oh, God. I, I hate to throw out a cheap beer. I... Pour it here. Give me some. Here. Go for it. You can have some of it. It's, it's, yeah. So, I'm, I'm conflicted because... So, the price of the craft beer scene is pretty astronomical. Yes. At most breweries, compared to what it used to be, and mm-hmm. so maybe that'll change. Maybe it'll come down. I don't think it's gonna. Probably not. Not with the way farming looks. And, and that's why, like that you know, yeah. I've I've I'm increasingly more interested in like I want to be clear. I can buy a chest freezer right now for seventy five dollars, which is twenty five dollars more than what it would cost me to buy two Track Seven Four packs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And with that $50 purchase, I'm very close to being able to brew a five-gallon batch of beer for less than what it would cost for those same two four-packs. And mm-hmm. a five-gallon batch of beer is 40 pints. Mm-hmm. So for less than eight pints, I can brew five times as much beer. As I can. And even if you brew the right style, you could probably get close to... Like some people say, you can get down to almost fifty cents a pint. Wow! And so, wow! You know, if, if that's true, which we haven't brewed, so we don't know. But if that is in fact true, that means we can brew forty pints, right? Mm-hmm. For twenty bucks, which is the cost of one four pack. Yes, average. So for, would uh, I rather have more beer? Yeah, the answer is uh-huh. yes. And so, yeah. um. When you told me you got two four packs for twenty five bucks, my initial reaction was like, "That's a great deal," and I agree with that. Also, <laughs> I also, I also, wait a second, <laughs> do not want to purchase two four packs of this beer. I, I, that's why I started laughing. I'm like, "Wait a second, it's powdered toast, man." Now it's too much powdered toast, man. It's way too much. It's even overpriced for that one. But so, is there a price for a four pack of powdered toast, man? It being below twelve and a half dollars, that you would buy. No, for, no. See, you <laughs> like the least critical way I can say it. I just I don't want to drink it. I don't want to drink that much of it. I don't know. Like, 
and maybe it's because we had oh, five other brown funny. ales, and I'm like, fuck brown ales. I don't know. We're no, gonna find out I for the last two. I don't I think so. Don't, if I handed you a bottle of of Moostrol right now that wasn't gonna explode, I think you'd be down to drink a whole bottle of Moostrol. Yes. But you're you honestly or the Sam Smith or this DTB or this yeah. Golden Brown Ale, mm-hmm. maybe not the Rogue. Be, I don't know that tough. I want. I don't want more of the Rogue. The Rogue was good for what we had. Splitting a yeah. bottle was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this powder toast man, like, you want to split another year? Like, fuck this powder toast man. Mm-hmm. No. You know, we we could have taken it to the mountains and using it or use it as like shooting targets. It's really fun to take a can like a, some cheap soda from like Walmart and then like, shake the cans up and you shoot them and they just explode everywhere. You know. Oh, that's cool. This this might have been. It's a little expensive, but you know. But like. Halfway through eight ounces, like you know, you can pour this shit in the bushes, and I'm not even mad. Yeah, it's like it's, pretty eye-opening to me, right? It's very different, and I, I, maybe it's not. It's definitely not a textbook brown ale. No, but no, I don't hate the the branding either. I'm afraid. When we do the can ranking, you're going to rank your cans and then take this can and chuck it off the balcony. <laughs> like, please don't. That's littering. I'll get in trouble. I mean, it's going to be low. Like, yeah. if you couldn't figure it out from the way I'm talking, it's going to be low. We're drinking eight brown ales. It's probably going to be 10th place. I'll make it eighth. I'm not going to be absolutely disrespectful. I'm, I'm willing to at least accept that... Some of my reaction to it is just that three pint night. Yeah. And then I will say this. It's going to get last, assuming the next two. Like it, Of these six, it's my least favorite. It's not yeah. close. Some of it is also... They're experimenting with it, and it's not indicative of the style. And we spent yeah. five beers priming the style and talking about the nuances of the style. And then they took yeah. a, a not brown ale, at, put some additives in it, and we're like, hmm. So, so this one might have been good to drink first. That's kind of how I'm feeling. So everything else has been darker. And see, that's the thing. is, I don't know that it would have been good to drink first. I think it would have been good to just not drink it. We didn't have Newcastle brown. Oh, excuse me. We didn't have Four Rock Brown. If we didn't have Powder Toast Man, I was going to question the legitimacy of our Burnout podcast. Oh, so do you for, feel, now after drinking this, do you still feel the same way? I do. I feel oh. like it was a necessary evil mm. for us to be uh, transparent and legitimate uh, ethically. I feel our transparent. I don't know about legitimate. You're not even sure it's a brown ale. What do you mean legitimate? It says brown ale on the can. Yeah, I said that, and you're like, I don't care. It doesn't yeah. taste like one. It doesn't taste like one. But that's what I'm saying. Ethically, we have to explore this. That's fine. We can hate it. I don't it. love that take, but I don't hate it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're looking for brown ales in Sacramento. We can't exclude a, a hometown brown ale producer, I mean, even if they're wrong. I mean, we could. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm just gonna tell you, I can hear Miles laughing right now. Oh boy! And, uh, but Logan doesn't listen. Logan would laugh, but he doesn't. Fuck you, Logan. Love <laughs> you, Miles. Oh yeah, I wonder what Logan would say about this. It's good. It's good. Yeah. I like it. I don't even remember the girl Greg yeah. we're talking about. Aquaman wasn't a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Logan. <laughs>
Love you, Miles. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to make that up to Logan. <laughs> you know the Raiders are really gonna do it this year. How no, about they're that? Not. no, they're not. <laughs> Logan, I tried, Logan. I tried. No. <laughs> Miles, I'm just gonna tell you, I do believe in your team. I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna make the playoffs. You know who else is gonna make the playoffs? Hmm. The Kings. Oh, they're gonna God. do it. They're gonna they're do not it. Gonna do it. <laughs> God, Logan's football takes piss me off. Like we do this every year, Logan. You think you'd learn? That's, and I will tell you, that's like a big thing. Um, for me, as just a human being, with every. Like just let's just take football as an mm. example for our listeners. If you don't follow football, football realistically well, runs American football. Where American you use, where football. You use your hands. American football. American. Well, American football. Quotes around football. Air quotes. Because yeah. they don't use feet really. No. Unless they're kicking a field goal. It's a small part of the game. But if so, football realistically runs the regular uh-huh. season runs. Through September, from September through February, and not even mm-hmm. all the way through February, right? Just so we're talking six months, mm-hmm. right? September, October, November, December, January, February, six okay. months. And if every late August, early September, you're going, my team's gonna do it this year. <laughs> After four years mm-hmm. of being your friends, so, I have the right to look at you and be like, bro. Bro, wait, wait. we do this every year. Wait, so so he, he says that about the Kings? And the Raiders. And the Raiders. But if he came to you and said, hey, this is a really good beer. for I, I brought it for, uh, you know, take home for Garly Gang. Hasn't he had a good record for some of the best? He hasn't had as good of a record as you think. But he's been he's, pretty solid. He's been pretty solid. <laughs> and then, like, hey, I wrote the song And he knows the more about sports than beer. Oh, he's a songwriter? Fantastic song. I was say, I brought the song to the but, group. You want to play the and song? And you know what's stupid? Is he thinks his songs suck, <laughs> oh. and they're fantastic. And yes. he thinks his beer choices are okay, and they're pretty good. He thinks his sports teams are great, and they blow chunks. So if what you're saying, we take Tate Logan and either turn take him around. The of what he no, says. Either take him and spin him around, 180, or one of us just grab his feet and hold him upside down. We might be able to fix him. No, sure. I don't know that he's broken. I just know that he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Love you, Miles. Fuck you, Logan. Uh, <laughs> Almost some of the power toast, man. We got two more. So we're six in. It's taken a bit longer. This one's hard to chew through, to be honest. Sounds like this is your last place, too. Just going to throw that out there. I thought we agreed on that. I'm just worried that you're going to throw it off the balcony. I'll put it in the back of the line. You're going to smash it and throw it in the dumpster downstairs. Well, you know, that I don't actually hate that that anxiety if you're like, I'm worried you're going to throw it off the balcony. It's like, you know... I do have a habit of being like, this one's well behind, and I am <laughs> capable of being like, this one's way over there, it's and throwing it in the bushes. 20 yards behind. <laughs> First down. And I do, you know, I'll just tell the listeners now, um, whether or not there's another beer that joins it, I cannot speak to, but mm. I do feel pretty confident that as far as brown ales go... This beer is 20 yards behind. I'll save the balcony throw and the shock value because Chris doesn't want me to litter his apartment complex. Please don't. 
So what do we got? So, this is brewed by Cali Craft Brewing Company. Did you read the can before we bought this? No. So, it says, <laughs> Cali, Craft, Cali Craft Brewing Company, uh. Oak Town Brown Ale, mm. made with American and French oak. Mm-hmm. And then you read the can description and it said, not your traditional brown ale. This is a big, bad, bold brown. It's the intersection of a Cabernet and an IPA. Or say, 15th and Broadway. What? A blend of three oaks added during fermentation creates a red wine-like structure. Cascade hops bring the local flavor that goes from roasted and bitter on first wing to a soulful chocolate finish. Generally speaking, not for wussies, but who are we to say? Drink up on a Saturday night or a cool day, pair with a slab of steak, strong cheese, and barbecue. Okay. Okay. So, I don't think this is any better. What's going on? Is it starting to foam up a little bit? Dude! I'm about to be mad. Dude, what's up with my fridge, man? Uh, I think it's okay. I should be like, what? So, it's technically a brown. Immediately. Oh, it doesn't smell bad. I'm very present, pleasantly surprised. Mmm. <clears throat> mmm. Very exciting. Okay, hold on here. Hold on. What are you thinking? I'm just burping. There you go. Well, you want cheers? cheers? This one, I'm getting some brown notes in the nose. I want to taste it. Have to drink for it's bad luck. <laughs> okay, I'm laughing because after hearing those those notes on the can, this tastes like a fucking brown ale. This is more of a brown ale than powdered toast, man. But I was so optimistic about the notes on the can for Oaktown Brown. I'm like, oh man, it sounds like it's gonna be really, really good. No, crazy. it has that nutty, slightly chocolate characteristic. They're like, yeah. it's not your typical brown ale. I'm like, no, it fucking is. It's, yeah, it's, it's more brown ale than the powdered toast, man. Honestly, this makes me mad, but it's, it's more of a brown ale than the rogue hazelnut. Agreed. You know? Agreed. Which is funny, because it's really good. Yes! It's really good. It's not like. They, they oversold it a little bit on the can. I would agree with that. Um, a, a little bit. <clears throat> okay. I think I grabbed both the can. Okay, so I can, and we have one more after this. Okay. Can and one more bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Once we get Let's towards the end of this can, we can start talking about pairings and things that we would do with each of these beers. Yeah. Yeah. 
this one, this is a nice... <clears throat> okay, I think what's going to happen is you and I are both going to get whiplash. Uh, <laughs> because we went from Rogue Hazelnut, which is uh, brown ale with hazelnut. Arguably pretty, pretty down, it's not down the middle, but it's, it's close. Uh, powdered Toast Man, a bit of a deviation. We snap back to a kind of a very middle of the road brown ale with some complexity. It's, that's nice, but not complex enough to take it away from the core of the style. And then this last beer is going to slap us in the face. So you and I might wake up tomorrow with some stiff necks because our heads are going whoosh, whoosh, back and forth between the styles of these last four beers. Don't hate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, that's a bit. I don't know. But it's good. It's oh, really good. So I like let's, it. Let's back up a little bit. Mmm. Wow. For the rogue. Okay, so for Moose Rule, would you recommend it to a beginner or an advanced beer drinker? I would recommend it to a beginner. Same. Same for the Rogue. I know where you're going. I don't know how I would do it for the Rogue. Well, the right person. But again, that's probably, okay, probably, probably season. Uh, Powder Toast Man? I, I wouldn't. wouldn't. I wouldn't even tell people. <laughs> no, 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 I wouldn't. <laughs> I like, wouldn't hey, is my answer. <laughs> like, I'm trying to get into dark beer, so don't drink powdered toast, man. It's not like, a it's not a gateway to dark beer. If the it's question is, about. I'm interested in brown ales. What do you recommend? And then you go, do you recommend powdered toast, man? Like, or do you recommend powdered toast, man, to beginners or seasoned drinkers? I wouldn't. I wouldn't As a brown ale, no, not at all. Honestly, man, maybe even period. Um, I think it has a place. In hell. Well, yeah, because okay, so check this out. So remember the uh, toasted marshmallow golden ale. What was it? That one beer that I bought from Track Seven is the only beer that I've ever given back and asked for a refund. I'll drink a whole pint of that before I drink more of that. Really? Because yep. that was terrible. Oh, I'd man. rather drink a pint of this before I drink anything of that. that toasted marshmallow golden, whatever mm, the ale that was. Man, that was really bad. I couldn't even... I had a half pint, and I took two sips. I couldn't even get through six ounces of it. And I gave my four-pack back and said, Can I have something else, please? This is terrible. I, I felt really, really bad. I've never done that before, and I've never done it since. Yeah, I still remember that beer. I would rather have... I was very disappointed in that beer. I would rather <laughs> do that before I have that again. Uh, oh, man. Okay, what about this one? Okay, let me, let me... I'm going to give the listeners a full immersive experience. Hold on. <laughs> you smell the beer. For those who aren't watching... Oh, no, they can hear it. The listeners, you I, can't see, but Chris is sniffing into his glass. Jordan, I peeked the and microphone. They're very aware of what I just the did. the irony of the joke. Um... This one's advanced, definitely. It's much com more complex. You know, I used to talk a, a big game about Downtown Brown. This is way more complex than Downtown Brown. I agree. I mm. think. Um, I think this is yeah. like the high octane version of the different complexities. So it's funny that it's very much a brown ale, but it claims yeah. to not be a brown ale. 
Yeah. What's the ABV on this? It's higher. It's seven. Seven percent, which is pretty. Okay, we gotta Google it. So it's higher than the porter ABVs. Yeah. So I think brown ale ABVs peak out at like five point five. I'm gonna double check right now. So this one's a bit aggressive. A British brown ale. Huh. ABV is five point four. Okay. American brown ale. Six point two. Okay. Which, it's kind of shocking. That hold on. So American brown ale is six point two. And is American porter six point five? That was a little bit higher. It was like four. It was like five to something, or four and a half to something. Four and a half to six and a half, something like that. American Porter is six point five. Four point eight to six point five. Which I honestly thought the discrepancy would be a little bit larger as far as the ABV was concerned. So this one is hitting a bit above its weight class. ABV. It's seven oh, percent. Yeah. But if I told you it was a standard brown ale, would you believe me? Would you know that this is above 5%? So I think they hid the booziness pretty well. Like, I, I couldn't even tell you. I had to leave the can. Like, I would never have told you this is like 2% higher than what I thought a brown ale should be. It's extremely subtle. Yeah. I agree with that take. While still, this is the impressive part to me, um, <clears throat> while still maintaining some of the core tasting notes of your run-of-the-mill textbook brown ale. It's got a little bit of bitter, a little bit of sweetness, it's got a little bit of body, it's still refreshing and crushable. It has a tiny bit of back end, but it's not lingering. Mm -hmm. It doesn't hit you in the face up front. Yep. It is It is your, your textbook brown ale, but at the same time, it's 7%. And that's impressive. It's a big brown ale, but it's a brown ale. I don't see this as a porter. It's definitely, if you look at the color, this is brown. This beer is brown. But to make sure we're clear, it's not dark enough to be a porter. Like if someone said, no. hey, this is a porter, like, yeah, fuck you, this is more of a brown ale. That's what I'm saying, the tasting notes are textbook. And then the color is actually the, probably the first one that we've had that's actually the most brown out of all these brown ales. Which, like, I think to, to your point, it, it kind of gets into the porter territory. Porters and stouts are technically brown, but, like, usually thicker. This one has a little bit of translucence. It's a lot thicker. It's not as see-through, I would say. But it has the darkest color so far. So maybe the darkest uh, color profile from the malt. Um, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if they used like a chocolate malt in this one. Mm. Or like something to kind of bring it back, you know? Give it a little bit of a, a body to it, but like it's still a brown ale. It's very interesting. Yeah. Oh. I mean, here. Let's grab Downtown Brown. I'm going to grab the bottle. Mmm. Okay. I think this Oaktown Brown 
is a bit on the porter side now that I smell downtown brown. Right? A lot more chocolate. Okay, so maybe in the nose, but in the yeah. tasting notes, I don't think so. It's similar to tasting notes. That's the funny part, right? So, however they made this, it being boozier, it being uh, a bit more body, but still having some of those classic brown ale tasting notes. Yeah. I think it's impressive. It's true. I'm, I'm, I like this one. I wish that I could find this Oaktown Brown uh, more often. I might, I might grab it here and there. But uh, this is the first time I've seen this beer. Uh, grabbing it for the podcast. So, Yeah. Props to uh, Calicraft Brewing, which uh, some of you might know them and say, duh. Some of you probably never heard of them. This is the first time I've heard of them. Where uh, are they located? I'm impressed. Where are they from? Walnut Creek, towards the Bay Area. Actually, that's the city where we got our, our shirts from in our last uh, band configuration, last time class. Yeah, Walnut Creek, and half away. Yeah. Yep. I like it. It's got a little bit of a bitter, a little bit of a sweetness. Mm-hmm. Almost a little bit of a nuttiness, but not quite. It's like an indistinct nut flavor. That's what she said. I think she said that you should eat more pineapple. Not to me. Oh, you eat a lot of pineapple? Also, no. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's just naturally sweet. Did you ever think about that? Maybe it's just Maybelline. No? No. Because you're selfish. You didn't think about that. I'm selfish? You only think of yourself, yeah. Oh, Jordan. Oh, Jordan. (laughs) For someone... I like pineapple. I I frequent pineapple quite often. Um, Yeah, you even like shitty beer because of pineapple. That's true. Agree. Oh, so you agree with shitty beer. What's shitty beer? Pineapple Sculpin. It's good beer. No, you just said. I've drank shitty pineapple beers. And Pineapple Sculpin's on the list. It's a good beer. Miles, you heard him. Miles, a good beer. Fuck you, Logan. Um, Love Miles. But... Pineapple hard seltzers, pineapple apple cider. Apple sculpin. Mm. Apple sculpin's crappy beer. It's good beer. It's crappy. It's good. And it's good to cook with. Mm. Beer's just good to cook with. Don't let pineapple sculpin take that. I took a can, a 12 can. Mm. Yep. Pineapple sculpin. Yep. Beer butt chicken. Uh-huh. Fantastic. Yeah, I know you think that. But I used it also to make teriyaki sauce out of uh-huh. the was open. It yeah, was but ter- your teriyaki fantastic. sauce is fantastic without beer. But it's also no. fantastic with pineapple sculpin. Yeah, okay, it's probably fantastic with PBR. It's also not great beer. PBR is great beer. It's not great beer. Ah! Uh. It's great domestic beer, but we had to qualify it. Should we just do an episode then, or we just drink domestic beer and rank them? Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you you pull up in a 90s Ford pickup uh-huh. with uh, jean shorts and New Balance shoes. I am going to wear happens. a tank top, and I'm going to wear, or I'm going to drive Why up I got to my... wear New Balance shoes? I'm not mowing my lawn. I don't have a lawn. You have a lawn. I don't have a lawn. I don't have a lawn. Yeah, you do. No. The house you live at does not have a lawn. The house I live at has a lawn. I don't own that house, therefore I, I don't, don't own, own this apartment, but I, there's no, you know, someone else cuts the lawn out here. <laughs> of, between the two of us, who is more likely to cut grass? Not me. 
Not you? I, so I live in an apartment and I'm more likely to cut grass than you are? Agreed. How is that yeah, possible? Because, I'll tell you, and I'm glad you asked, because my mom's favorite thing to do is to mow her lawn. Okay. And she, the one time I mowed her lawn, was very upset because she had an eye problem and the doctor said you can't be around dust. I said, all right, looks like I'm mowing your lawn this week. Uh-huh. And she was visibly upset that she could not mow her own lawn. Not because I do a good job or do a good job or a bad job. She Ugh. just likes to mow her lawn. She likes to keep her yard up. She likes to mow her lawn. As okay. a kid, as a kid, I never mowed a lawn. Wow. Because my mom likes to mow it. That's wow. what she wants to do. She doesn't want her kids to mow the lawn. She wants to mow the freaking lawn. So yes, you in your apartment with your hired gardeners. I more like, I understand that you I didn't hire them. That your you and your apartment with your landlord hired gardeners. I he didn't hire me either. Are facility hired gardeners there to you be go. Get, okay, thank you. Are still more likely to mow the lawn than me. The guys that the management pays to mow the lawn are more likely. Well, that makes sense because we're no, paying no. them to mow the lawn. You with what? your. You're not listening. You okay. with your. Facility hired gardeners uh-huh. are more likely to mow a lawn than I am. I'm not allowed to modify the landscape. Okay, great. Day. Same. Yeah. Still more likely. All right. So uh, why am I showing up in New Balances? You show up in New Balances. I'm not wearing New Balances. I have New Balances in my running shoes. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, like. I, I have all the no, old beer shit already. I'm, I'm probably, I'm going to say probably, well, I'm 90% likely to never buy New Balances. I have all the old <laughs> man, I have the old man beer memorabilia. Yeah? I have tried a lot of the old man beers. Agreed. I have a very strong opinion. I'm just asking you nope. to bring something to the table no, to meet me in, the, old, in this old no, I man. Don't have, I don't have it. The old man beer drinking. You need drinking. Miles or you need Logan? They don't, oh God. Probably Logan. No. Logan's older than Miles. No, Miles is the oldest. I understand that. I mean, like, in behavior. Jordan shook his hand close to his chest. I don't know what that means. In behavior. And. <laughs> Miles is the oldest, and he knows this. I remind him every year that he is a month older than me, and I rub that shit in like gravel. He's not like, even a whole month older. Yes, yes. It depends on when your birthday falls. No, he's about a month older. Well, his birthday's in February. Miles is in January. Oh, damn, you're right. AJ's birthday is two days before mine in February, depending on the year. Depending. But Miles is like at least 32 days, 33 days ahead of me. So. Well, okay. And I remind him every year. I understand year. that he's physically the oldest. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that I think Logan is the more likely to wear new. But Logan really embraced the dad thing. Oh, yeah, but is he going to drink hams longer? You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he will. I don't think he's that much of a beer guy. He thinks the Kings should make the playoffs. What makes you think you want to drink old man lagers? Because I don't think he will. Oh. Let's call him right now. I'll drink old man lagers. I'm just not going to wear New Balance while I do it. We got to, like, barbecue hot dogs or something. We got to do something to get into the mindset. We're some cargo shorts. Well, I have the cargo shorts. That's what I'm saying. I have the New Balance and cargo shorts. But we have to get into the mindset of our predecessors of, you know, back in the 50s and 60s. That like Olympia Hams Miller PBR Budweiser. Lower than me. Oh yeah. So all these people were, or all these breweries were like, 
big time. We didn't have small bird. These are the big time people. And people were very, very... They're so big time um, they went out of business? That's weird. Yes, because the craft brew started making stuff that people like. So here's the funny part. It's like, imagine if, um, like, you had like the old school football, right? Leather helmets and you had like three or four teams playing each other. Okay. And then all of a sudden this other team comes along and they're, they're using modern tactics, modern training. And they're dominating. Agreed. So the old teams, the four teams, would go out of business. Okay. That's my point. Is like it's amazing that we still have some of these old breweries in business now. And I'd like to taste through some of them. Maybe we can do this on a future podcast. Uh, how they've held up. You want hams? If we can Olympia, find Schlitz. If we we won't be able to find Schlitz out here. We have to order it. Budweiser, Miller. Michelob? We can do Michelob. As long as it's not Michelob Ultra or Michelob fucking 94 calorie bullshit. Or the Budweiser Next, which is actually a hard seltzer disguised as a beer. It's not a brew beer. Not doing that shit. I'm talking about main staple old man lagers. I talked about it by myself. I think you and I can do a fun podcast with it. We can get Miles and Logan over here. I don't know anyone else that appreciates it. See, we should almost just fly to Michigan. You know who would really appreciate that? And do it with your dad. Oh, yeah. So we fly to Grand Rapids. Um, my, my dad would probably come down. And we could do we could do some beer drinking. I bet well, you. Well, I do at some point you need to go visit your family. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. So today is, the, the, I think I showed you the picture. Did I show you the picture of the potatoes? It's their anniversary. Yeah, they, they picked yes. potatoes. Yes, picked potatoes on their anniversary. Uh, sharing with some of my friends that know my parents, like, damn, that's a lot of potatoes. I'm like, yeah, you should see their garden. I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a lot of potatoes for a personal garden. I'm like, okay, my parents live like they're on a homestead in the middle of nowhere. And they farm this stuff. Like, it's it's a big deal. They got corn, they got strawberries, they got, you know, cucumbers, they got whatever. Whatever you can name it. Their, their garden is probably like a third of a football field. It's significant. Forgot to text him earlier, but oh, it's okay. Text him tomorrow. That's fine. But yeah, I just text him now, so it's midnight over there. But um, yeah. yeah, they're gonna be mad at you. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. Uh, no, it's, it's a different world back there. That's kind of like when we're talking about like uh, Midwestern beer versus like West Coast or East Coast. Uh, a lot of those old style beers, um, like you get, you gave me the Olympia um, beer sign tonight, which I appreciate. That is Midwestern. That, that's like, that's where they're coming from, right? Versus a lot of this East Coast, West Coast stuff that we do is like really high octane crazy shit. Mm-hmm. So, oh man, if you flew to Grand Rapids, they have a badass beer scene. We could do sure. such a cool podcast there. Oh man. It's true. This brown ale is pretty impressive. Oaktown Brown? Yeah, we're still working through this one. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. It's surprising. You know, this is, it's funny that, you know, the one that's like, it's not really brown ale. Like, actually, this is a brown ale. This brown one's a brown, brown ale. This is like an imperial brown ale. Yes. With a brown that's brown a good, ale. That's a good uh, um, touch on it. It's an imperial brown ale. I would say it's above the ABV of the standard brown ale. But it retains the brown ale characteristics. It's a, a little bit more bitter. 
yeah. now that I'm tasting through it. It's a little bit more bitter. But it's a brown ale, man. Like, you can't tell me this is not a brown ale. Agreed. There's no way. There's no way you can argue Agreed. this is not a brown ale. Oh. All right. How much left do you got in yours? A little bit. Oh. All right. One more. All righty. Alright, one more. One more. This is simultaneously a lot, and then also it wasn't nearly as much as I thought it was going to be. So, yeah, well, I, I think. Oh, shit. Hold I think the um, this one is is freaking awesome. Um, this this beer is something we've talked about quite a bit. Like this brewery, not this beer, but this brewery, is one that you and I both uh, had a few beers from that we both like a lot. We're very fortunate that we get this distroed in Sacramento from way back where in the Midwest. Prairie Artisan Ales. This is an Imperial Brown Ale. From my old neck of the woods. It's also 12%. Yeah, this is so, going to be a slow sipper. Imperial Brown Ale might be an understatement. Well, it's a barrel-aged Imperial Brown Ale. Yeah. A lot. Maybe a little bit extra, but okay. That one. Whoo, gosh! <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a barrel in there for sure. Whiskey barrel. Woo! <laughs> wait, wait a second. Oh man! Wow. Aromatics are whiskey, and your nose is sterilized. <laughs> like if you got a sinus infection, smell this beer, and you're gonna feel better. If you have to pass a COVID test, <laughs> a rapid COVID test, you should smell this beer first. It will neutralize your freaking nose. Yeah. Oh. All right, cheers. Cheers. Let's, Let's dive into this one, man. Holy shit. A lot of whiskey. Also doesn't bite super hard. Yeah. This one's dangerous. Yeah. Oh, All right, man. so while we're jumping in, a lot of whiskey flavor, and it's if you sort of, you know, honestly, if you just poured a shot of whiskey and added a touch of oak to any one of these brown ales, I think you'd be close. Yeah. You know, I, I think like a like, boilermaker style. Yeah. Kind of. Oh, yes. Yes. So let's just talk about some pairings while we kind of finish this, because this is great. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, right. And uh, this is great, and it's oh. got all the same kind of tastiness we've talked about. It just adds a whiskey flavor and an oak flavor. So, going back to the very beginning, the Sam Smiths. And I'm jumping now because we got some pairings to talk about, we got some hindsight to talk about, and we have Break the Cans yeah. and Pizza Shot Up at some point. Mm -hmm. So, I'm most concerned about the discussion. You under, like The listener by now should kind of know there's a nutty, a biscuity, or a caramel, or a hazelnut, or a chocolate, 
or a molasses, um, or even like a maple kind of flavor that comes oh. with all of these beers. There's a lot of a maple that comes out of this one. Yeah, and so mm. if you add boozy, whiskey boozy, and oak to it, you get this beer. And um, while we're sipping through this beer, I think it would just be better to talk about the closing part of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so the Sam Smith stuff was more that biscuity quality. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but like to go all the way back to the Sam Smith Nutty Brown Ale compared to this. Well, even compared to the last shit, three, man. we've taken a large departure from like the traditional brown ale, but especially the oh, last two man. are definitely heavier. But the Sam Smith, to me, so if you go ahead and jump in at any oh. point, I'm just going to kind of go down the line and talk about my idea about pairings, and then you jump in as you want. Go for it. Go for um, it. So the Sam Smith thing, to me, is definitely an appetizer-oriented thing. Yes. Maybe a light entree, but definitely a, uh, an appetizer kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Charcuterie board makes a ton of sense to me. Uh, even bar food makes a ton of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Bar, like tr- traditional American bar appetizers. So like... Like potato skins, mozzarella sticks, mm-hmm. uh, like chicken nachos, like those mm-hmm. kinds of things make a ton of yeah. sense. Because it has such a bready quality, it, it's not that it doesn't fit with entrees. Most people would probably pair it with an entree and feel like it works totally fine. I don't think it's ideal for entrees, and I think it's just, it, I, and I don't see it as something that's ideally paired with desserts either. I see it as an appetizer. Yeah, game. it's got too much presence. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Now, going with Downtown Brown. I see it as more of an entree kind of thing. Yeah, it's laid um, back and, and understated. And so. Yeah, and I don't see, I definitely don't see it as a dessert kind of thing. If you want to say the appetizer thing kind of applies, mm-hmm. I sort of appreciate that. But as far as entrees go, I see definitely like, and you'll see this with brown ales in particular, I think barbecue sauce yeah. goes really, really well with it. Dark meat goes really well with it. So if it's a dark meat, with uh, mm-hmm. really red meat rather red yeah. meat with barbecue sauce goes incredibly well so we're talking mm-hmm. brisket ribs pulled pork all that stuff and anytime i'm talking about entrees that stuff goes incredibly well like a pulled pork sandwich i think is the perfect pairing for downtown mm-hmm. brown or um, even like if you just take a steak either on your grill you flip it twice and then pull it off yes good to go man and even like something like this is kind of a weird pairing but i think even like red sauce like spaghetti like with a like a meat sauce Ita- meat sauce Italian I can see that would go okay if that it had a, the right amount of herbalness to the sauce that is a very American yeah. take if you were having traditional Italian food it doesn't work or even yeah. like red sauce tamales I think this fills in like really mm. really well red yes. sauce like yes. red sauce like like pork red sauce tamales mm-hmm. would go well with this which is like a really weird pull or pizza oh, that's fine yeah yeah yeah, yeah pizza would go well with all that too i agree um i i, I think w- that kind of fits for the first almost the first half or the first three out of the i don't even four. know that i would and so, so yeah. and here's the other thing is so i wouldn't put downtown brown with desserts it would go with appetizers in a similar way that the sam smith one does the Al- almond brown we're about entrees yes right? entrees so downtown brown all up to moose i think would be probably good candidates for so entrees. i wouldn't put almond brown with entrees no and i would lean away from putting sam smith with entrees but i don't think it's a bad fit that's why I started at Downtown Brown. But almond, I, oh, I agree okay. with the Almond Brown. I wouldn't, put almond, I wouldn't put almond Brown with entrees. And I would mm-hmm. lean away from appetizers. What about I would Almond put it Brown with desserts. Suzuki? 
Agreed. Yes. Agreed. Okay. I would put it like okay. same so, with a rogue. I'd put it with, a, with like a Pazuki. That'd be good. I so we're jumping ahead one, uh-huh. but yes, I put almond brown and rogue with desserts. Yes. Okay. And uh, moose drool, which is the fourth beer we had. I have it in more of a downtown brown roll. I think it goes really well with entrees. Yes. I think it goes better with appetizers than downtown brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could work with desserts. I would need to see a specific dessert. Um, going Actually, jumping back to the almond brown really quick. Mm-hmm. Going back a beer. Yeah. I think this actually goes really well with some sort of salad that has nuts in it. How exciting is it that we have an almond brown ale that has this much, like... Play in where it's at in a serving. I think right? it goes with desserts. I think it goes if you had like a a uh, summer salad with like nuts. a summer salad, even yeah. like like a steak salad with cashews. Oh yeah, actually goes really well with this. Um, which is like that's why I told you like a very very specific pairing um, would go incredibly well. Like red meat salad yeah. mm-hmm. with some sort of nut would really like, and that's where. Again, three different parts of pairings. Well, again, there's a couple different things to think about with pairings. Either one, the food and the beer are taking up the exact amount of space. Mm-hmm. Two, the food's taking up more space and the beer supporting. Versus three, the beer's taking up more space and the food supporting. Whether yeah. it be appetizers, entrees, desserts, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing to consider is either the flavors are aligned. So, like, if you took pineapple sculpt and put it with, like, a pineapple thing, yeah. like, it's obviously going to go well together. It's just mm-hmm. a lot of pineapple and you might get burnt out. Yeah. Versus thinking about ways to enhance sort of the flavor. So, I think also, like, this almond brown ale would go well with the charcuterie board in the sense that the nuttiness would probably enhance sort of, like, the cheese kind of idea. Oh, yeah. It like a nice, like, a sweet like, cheese, not like a monster or anything. But, but like, like, a smoked cheddar even, yes. like, a nuttiness with yes. smoked cheddar would go really exactly. well. Um, that kind of thing will work really, really well. And then, so the moose rule goes with downtown brown. Rogue is very, very similar to the almond brown ale in the sense that like there's this hazelnut quality. So I would definitely lean more towards the the dessert end of this, mm-hmm. and less towards like I think that specific entree thing I gave, and even mm-hmm. the cheese thing I gave applies more to the almond brown and less yeah. to the rogue. Powdered toast man, I think it goes right down the drain. <laughs> This, but I'm, I'm not sl- even as like a brunch beer. Like if you made like no, I'm, I'm, slightly, kid- I'm like, slightly kidding. I'm no, he's teasing. Not. He's I'm not te- teasing. Well, he's serious. I'm I lost my slightly kidding, slightly teasing. Jordan's not um, a kidder. That's not. Don't don't do that. He doesn't uh, tell jokes. That's ever. not. Stop he's very, that. I took your picture today. You're very serious. That's not entirely true. I was smiling a lot of when you told me to stop smiling three different times today. Uh-huh. No, like don't smile. Like okay. Yeah. And I start smiling. I like, don't smile. No, see that I do that to make you smile. Um, and then, like that's not entirely true. You better true. not smile. You better uh, not that's smile. That's not entirely true. Yeah, I was right. like, no, show me serious. Chris was like, I want to see Tiger. Show me scary. Um, I do that. I'm Austin Powers. I throw my camera in the air when I'm done taking pictures. Hopefully, someone catches it because it's really expensive. That's uh, fair. <laughs> I think powder toast man doesn't go well with appetizers. It doesn't go well. Uh, honestly, then here's the joke: is I don't think, I don't really think this type of beer goes well with food, unless it's mm. going for like breakfast. Mm. Yes. But see. that's what it's emulating, anyways. And so, like, to say, like, okay, well, it's going for breakfast because it tastes kind of like breakfast is kind of I don't love that pairing. I who, think who you drinks can, beer in the morning. 
I think you can make it. I, I think it goes well with dessert. So that's kind of where I, at the beginning of the podcast, I, I said I want to get ahead of myself. That's kind of where I was going. But I th- after having these other ones, excuse me, I think I would use powdered toast man in a frying pan or a griddle. If I was making like sausage links, I would pour that in as a flavor. Okay, so that's a good take. Oh, hold on a sec. Let me hold on. Weird phone call. Hello. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and cancel it, okay? Okay, thanks for calling me. Yeah, sorry about that. Alright, so DoorDash. DoorDash, you got a $40 thing in DoorDash. <laughs> Ran out of pizza you, cheese. You want me to... You send me Venmo, I can send it back. Or I can just use that... Just DoorDash. Okay. <laughs> you guys heard it heard... <laughs> I can't even talk. This is why DoorDash. ran out of pizza cheese. There was one time that I went down the street to Taco Bell and they ran out of tortillas. So, uh, what a world we live in. I'll have to cut all this out because they'll probably sue me. Anyways, let's finish. Sue, sue, they called. <laughs> the fuck you mean, so we're going to sue you. Like, your fucking employee called. You ran out of cheese. <laughs> your pizza restaurant ran out of cheese. Are you going to give me, like, a sauce pie with no Bro, fucking cheese? Bro, I worked at Red Robin on a oh. night where we ran out of fries. Hmm? We ran out. We just did. Wow. So how do you feel about this <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just mad that Domino's ran out of pizza cheese. Don't say, pizza don't cheese. fucking tell me pizza cheese. Like, there's another fucking kind of cheese that you use. Like, can you use quesadilla cheese? I, Do you have any, any um, case, from under cheese? Um, <laughs> so, I think the powder toast, man, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh, I'm going to be productive. Yeah. Um, I think you, you hit the please. nail on the head. I think it's better to cook with. Makes yes. sense to, like when you're like sausage things, I'm like actually that makes that sense. That would be sense. really good, right? Um, or dessert, or maybe some or, marinade. Like maybe a marinade. Not, marinade's not a not bad not, idea. Okay, so so <laughs> what we're talking about for powdered toast, man, is is applications where we don't drink it. <laughs> we use it for everything else. Well, or <laughs> I think okay. So first, it would probably go really well with French toast because it's a French toast brown ale. Mm-hmm. But I think like if we could spin it a little bit, I think it would go really well with like a cinnamon roll. Yeah. I think it might really. Yeah. Go, it might also go really well with snickerdoodles. It might. It might. Yeah. Um, or a Snickers bar. Yeah, but snickerdoodles require me to drink it. And I don't love it. But like mm-hmm. cooking with it. Uh, God, it's really fucking expensive cooking wine. I'm just gonna tell you right now. Well, which um, other ones would you use to cook with? If that was an option. Either this, this Prairie, or the Oak Town, or Powder Toast Man. Those three. Oh, Prairie. This this Imperial Brown Ale with some sausage links would be so killer. Or, you know, marinating any marinating ribs with any of these, I think, could be potentially mm. great. Yeah. Um, the Oak oh, Town Brown yeah. Ale, I think, um, I think you could pull off any course. Yeah. Oaktown, I'm very impressed. The, the Cali Craft Oaktown Brown. That that was yeah a nice that was a nice surprise. And then this one, I'm gonna go with a glazed 
chocolate donut. For dessert? For dessert. Because this beer is so complex that I want something light mm. that goes with it. And so um, I'm flipping, So just so the listeners know where I'm coming from, from plenty of times where I actually love black lagers for pairings because mm. I can do a chocolate dessert that's yes. very decadent and very heavy. Yes. And then the black lager sort of complements it. And so we're going to sort of flip that and turn, you know, in this case, this beer is very decadent and very complex. Mm-hmm. And then we can let the donut, which will be very light with a touch of chocolate, kind mm-hmm. of enhance the beer. I like it. What if I said this... Like, like a half pour of this, six ounces, eight ounces, mm-hmm. with a small piece of tiramisu cake. Okay, so the lady fingers also get a similar thing. Yes, mm-hmm. I think that would work. Because um, tiramisu has coffee and chocolate, but it's lighter. It's uh, not, it would work. It's not like a chocolate lava cake. It would cake, work. Right? See, but that would be quite a dessert. I'd be like, holy shit, we're on for a ride. That's a loss. <laughs> we're going to take this for half an hour. <laughs> it's a good pairing. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a that's a oh. heavy pairing, but it's good. Um, that's after a small appetizer and a small main course. This might be like th- if you're on like a really fancy restaurant and you're on like a really nice date where each course is kind of small and palatable and like doesn't overwhelm you. Like some of the fancier restaurants have smaller portions, mm-hmm. and you talk between servings of each stage of the dinner. This might be that kind of beer. This Prairie Arsenal might fit that bill. Okay. It's very classy. It's very, very high-end. You can tell there's a lot of craftsmanship in this beer. Prairie mm-hmm. doesn't disappoint. Prairie Arsenal's oh, awesome. Every time we've had one, it's awesome. So. All right. Now, go hindsight. Tell me where we should have started and where we should have ended. Oh, boy. I think the only change I would make... And again, I said this was a, a necessary evil, is to include powdered toast man. If I were to take that out of the lineup, I think we made the right choice in order. Drinking order. Oh. Oh. Right. If we're down to seven, and this is a this is a curveball, right? Because that's what I'm saying. I think Powder Toast Man added to the whiplash effect of, you know, we're, we're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with these different beer styles, tasting notes, whatnot. If you get rid of Powder Toast Man, we have more linear uh, flavor and tasting styles. Okay, let me ask you a question. If I said name the two lightest beers on this flight, what would you name? Um, roasted Almond Brown Ale. And the Sam Smith. No, like uh, so the the two things that tasted the lightest. Yeah. Okay. See, I disagree. Okay. So I would have done. Okay. Downtown Brown, Oyster Roll, Sam Smith. Then Almond, Almond then Hazelnut, then Oaktown. Oaktown, Prairie Okay. So you don't even me. care about Powdered Toast Man being over here by my. No. So okay. I don't we're, care. we're just gonna leave it over on the side. Alright, it's gone. It's gone. Um, and so to gone. me, Downtown Brown and Moose Rule were the two were the two least complex beers we had tonight. Most approachable. Yes. Okay. Uh, Sam Smith added a little bit of character to them, mm-hmm. but then also got out of the way really quickly. The thing that yeah. uh, the thing that these four beers do These four being the other four Almond Rogue Oak Almond Town, Rogue Oak Prairie Town and Prairie. Arson. Okay. 
versus Downtown Brown, Moose Drill, and Sam Smith. Mm-hmm. So Downtown Brown, Moose Drill, and Sam Smith all got out of the way by the yeah. end of it. And maybe, in the case of Downtown Brown and Moose Drill, I'd say maybe even never got in the way. Yeah, they said, hey, you got some stuff going Sam on. Sam Smith, yeah. a little bit on the front end, and then all the four, the rest of these four, the Almond Brown, the Rogue, the Oaktown, the Prairie, all bit on the back end. They had presents. Yeah, and so to me, this is the order I would drink them in. But that's not much of a change, which is kind of funny. It's not much of a change from how we drank them, going by ABV. Sure, the the back half of it is mostly the same, Mm -hmm. especially if you you delete Powder Toast Man. Mm Mm-hmm. The, the back three are definitely the same, and I shuffled the four, the front four around. But those are but not those, much. Not much, and those front four are very much in the same ballpark. We're, we're like there, there was a lot of nuance in the front four. These yeah. back back three, if you, if you include Powder Toast Man, the last three were wildly different. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, great. Rank them. Just shuffle them. Because there's seven, seven cans and bottles. We already know where you know, we're going to stand. You know, I like this Prairie Art Snail Imperial Brown. I don't think it's my favorite. I might put oak in front of it. And this is, so this is my difficulty. I think you, you alluded to this earlier where we have like seven or eight beers. It's going to be hard to like really... Um, Get in like a, a groove here of which one's better than the other because we had so many. Um, I might put this one, but then okay, so okay, hold on, guys, hold on. This is this is complicated. Okay, so this goes back here, this goes back here. Um, I'm gonna put this one up here, and I'm gonna put this one here, put this back. Yeah, this, so I, I'm already feeling really guilty. Um, I'm gonna really have to dig my heels in here. Um, and on what's going on. So, holy cow, we yeah. are in very different places. Yes. Sam Smith was your favorite. Um, I think so. As far as drinkability, I like the the okay. flavor. I like the. The body that it had, I like the approachability. It had complexity, but it also was pretty simple at the same time. Okay. Um, the gold wow. foil. The Halloween. Uh, next to it was the almond. Okay. And then hazelnut rogue. Um, it's hard for me to put these two. I, w- I would probably put these two like this, where Moose Jewel's slightly ahead of Downtown okay. Brown. And then the Oak Town Brown. I would put a prairie at the back. I like it a lot. Is it's just not a brown ale? Is that your argument or what? Uh, part of what I really like about brown ales, and this is subjective, is the drinkability. Mm. And so the prairie artisan imperial brown ale loses a little bit, being twelve percent. It. It's not drinkable as far uh, as that. It's 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 you can you can drink the bottle. They put it in twelve mm-hmm. ounce bomber. Mm-hmm. But as far as drinkability versus these uh, these other ones, it doesn't even kind of compare. It's not a bad beer, but when I taste it, I also don't taste a lot of brown ale characteristics. Yeah, and I wouldn't say. So I, I would, mm, and this is where I get really conflicted. I would rather have 
the Sam Smith Nutty Brown and the Almond Brown Ale on a day like today, where it's medium heat, a little bit humid, we're by the pool, hanging out, versus the Rogue, the Moose Rule, and the Downtown Brown. I think it's funny that you've prioritized all the beer that have the back end hit. Well, at least, mostly. Mm-hmm. More presence. Yeah. On, on the back end. The Sam Smith mm-hmm. is the... the I was, to be honest, I was really surprised by that Sam Smith. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Yeah. It was really good. Agreed. And so was the Toasted Almond. It was really good. And I think Rogue is a little bit, the Rogue uh, Hazelnut Nectar Brown, or Brown Nectar, is mm-hmm. a little bit better than the Moose Jewel, and then the Moose Jewel is a little bit better than the Downtown Brown. And I know it's controversial. Mm. Right? I'm shocked. I know it's controversial. I don't even know it's controversial. I just don't know. We are in very different places. Yeah, I think I think we're looking for different things. Well, we it's not the first time we've had a disagreement on ranking the cans or bottles, right? It's true. So, but would you disagree that this Sam Smith was surprisingly good? No. That's my number two. Okay, let's do this. I'm going to pull the cord away. I'm actually going to, you know, you guys can't see the cord. There you go. So, this is my ranking, like this. Um, Sam Smith, Almond, Rogue, Moose Drool, and Downtown Brown are pretty close. And then it comes to Oakdown Brown, and then Prairie So, Austin I'll start with, hand, I so. am fighting the urge to so just throw the powder towels, powder towels made over the balcony. It's, it's but, uh, over here. Don't worry. It's not even um, in the ranking. We took it out. So, okay, Jordan, go ahead. So, I agree with you that the Prairie's in the back. Prairie's in the back. Okay. He has moved Oaktown Brown to the front. There's some shuffling going on. Okay. Now. Name your order. Before you discuss your order, you have to tell everyone what you ordered. So, I have Oaktown in the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think of this as an Imperial Brown Ale. Um, I think the irony is the brewery has branded on not being a brown ale, and I think mm-hmm. it is the most brown ale of all of it. It's pretty solid. It's it's yeah. incredible. Down I, the middle. I, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I don't understand how, like, it's not really a brown ale. Like, no, that's a fucking, that's an imperial brown ale. That's a brown ale. Like, it's a yeah. brown ale. Mm-hmm. It's just beyond the the stretch of, like, the, the top portion of the ABV. Mm-hmm. It's just beyond it. Mm-hmm. And so I think Imperial Brown Ale is appropriate. The Sam Smith is sneaky good. It's really good. Sneaky good. It's a good beer. Uh, this moose drool, this moose drool bottle is bad. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I put it third. I wanted to put it second, but because this bottle is bad, I can't. And the Sam Smith was in the context of this podcast. Even if I give the moose drool the benefit of the doubt, um, the almonds, the almond brown ale and the hazelnut, I do think we're just better than Downtown Brown. Would you put them? You have almond ahead of rogue hazelnut, but would you put them similar? I, like I what's the rotation here? What's so I think if you were to put almond and hazelnut in the same spot and then put downtown brown behind them, I think that's also fair. Yeah. I think the almond and hazelnut they do different things, but they do the, they serve the same purpose. Yeah, yeah. But there's just this nutty quality. Okay. On the back end, and I agree with you. The prairies in the back. The Prairie um, Arsenal Imperial Brown Ale was a very, it, very nice. I don't think it's ale. a. I don't think it's a brown ale. It. I don't taste any brown ale characteristics. If and here's kind of my argument. 
If I gave this to you and said this is a barrel-aged porter or barrel-aged stout, you wouldn't think anything of it. I'd probably say porter. Yeah, I can see porter. Um. Well, I this is a heavier ABV than the side tails. Mm-hmm. So. Is it really? Yeah, the side tails are like 10.8. Really? Okay. So, no, this one, if you gave me the Prairie Artist Nail Imperial Brown. Yeah, I'll do a little bit because I'm... I'm still, no. I'm yeah, um, I would say it's probably, if I were to taste it, because you and I have had a lot of barrel-aged beers, I would say it's probably a barrel-aged stout, or not a stout, but a, a porter. It has a lot of porter characteristics, and a lot of that whiskey barrel flavor. I would never have guessed that it was a brown ale. Yeah, so I think, I think you're higher on Rogue as a brewery than I am. Well, they make bat squatch, and that has a special place in my heart. Um, yeah, I think that's my time part in Seattle. Yeah. I do think that's part of it. Um, and snail, sh- snail shell, and I, uh, I want to put downtown brown higher. Maple, just maple bacon donut. <clears throat> so no, that's I think what we're alluding to, and this is part of why I thought this podcast would be really interesting. You and I revisiting brown ales after all this time. Um, is because we used to think brownouts were pretty complex, and they are, but not in the way that we originally thought they were. Agreed. And now we have a different respect and a renewed respect for them. And I would say that Downtown Brown isn't a bad beer. In in the stack of these eight, or I guess seven, because we're excluding uh, Postman. Uh, in the stack of these seven beers, Downtown Brown is probably probably the least intrusive. At least complex, but it is a very solid beer. It is of, still a very of good beer. most of these beers. This is what's tricky. Of most of, almost all of these beers, not almost all of these. So if, re, okay, here's a new a new stint for you. Hmm. Based on drinkability, how many of these beers would you drink? Two pints of two or more pints of how many beers? How many of these beers oh, you drink? Boy. Two or more pints of downtown brown and Sam Smith. Not even Moose Drill. It would depend on the situation. I think downtown brown is a little bit less complex, so a little bit more. I would than add. Moose I would add Moose Drill to. I I will drink two pints of Moose Drill. Yeah. Um. Uh, and I I am very high on Moose Drill. That is my favorite brown ale. Um, Same uh, for me. I just think for very, complexity, very high on Moose Drill. I think that the complexity, a little bit of more bitterness uh, compared to Downtown Brown, um, which makes it a little bit more of an experience. That Moose Drill goes incredibly well. I was saving this. Hmm. There are pot roast nachos at the dive bar that I used to go to. Mm. And I could drink two pints of Moose and order pot roast nachos and have a great time. Oh, oh yeah. God, it was so good. Especially it was $3 a pint for happy hour. Mm-hmm. And they were $9 nachos. And it was oh, like nice. 15 bucks. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. tip fat and between after taxes, 20 and 20, between 20 and 22 bucks, I had two beers and an entree. And like, whoo, so good. Yeah. Um, it's a winner. I tend to agree with you though. I think I think the two I would I would drink two pints of Moose Drill. I think that's where the disagreement is. Um, but Downtown Brown and Sam Smith are the only brown ales outside of Moose Drill that I would drink more than one pint of. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I will, I'll even go this far. I'm not even sure I would drink a full pint of any of the other beers of those three. You know, I'm, I might drink a pint of the almond, the toasted almond brown, but it would have to depend on what was going on. Do I have Agreed. it with an entree? Am I just having Agreed. it socially with the, you know, by itself? Um, and I think that's the same deal with, with the almond and the rogue and also Oaktown Brown. It would depend on the situation. Yep. All right. <clears throat> Closing thoughts. If you're looking into getting into brown ales, or if you're looking into getting into dark beer, mm-hmm. I think brown ales are a very great start to this. Oh, that yeah. Knowing, having gone through the journey that we've gone through. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, knowing what we know, I think that uh, mm. I think that brown ales offer a a sense of complexity. You can't make this shit up, ladies and gentlemen. It's a it's a very nuanced um, complexity. So I I think what you're saying so. So brown ales are for people that either don't care about beer complexity, but they're very good beers for a hot day, or very good beers for barbecue, or all the kinds of situations, whether or not they realize why they're good. And if you have the curiosity, and you are into beer the way that you and I are, where you want to understand, and you want to learn the tasting notes and the complexities, it's also there. Well, and maybe, and this is maybe one of the closing thoughts I'll kind of leave with about where you and I are at. You and I have spent years, Mm -hmm. years, stretching the palate to the extreme. Mm -hmm. You know, at first it was quad IPAs for a while, it was barrel-aged sours, and then it was barrel-aged stouts, and we've done a lot of things. I think the the highest ABV we've had is like 18.5%. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, we've we've really pushed the boundaries of what our palate can handle, both in in volume and in just individual extremity, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a in a variety of ways, both in sour, hoppy, dark, even we've done a robust a robust blonde ale, eight and a half percent, like mm-hmm. and like sheer maltiness in a lighter form. Um, so. I say all that to say, we have pushed, really, really pushed the limits of what we can do in beer. And I really, really enjoy the brown ale. I, and I came into tonight expecting to be like, I don't really know why we're doing a brown ale podcast, but let's just do a brown ale podcast. Mm-hmm. And having tasted it, it was like, you know, I've really come to understand the journey I've come full circle. Of yeah. Brown ales are complex. Brown ales are great. To, they're not complex but they're nuanced. And yes. so that is to me a to me what those words mean is that brown ales are not complex in the same way that I think Goose Island is complex, which really what I mean is Goose Island is very intense. Mm-hmm. And the brown ales are very understated. And oh so yeah. Yeah, browns are classic. I think to kind of circle back to what you're saying in a different way. Brown ales offer a variety of experiences in the sense that some people are going to drink it and be like, ah, oh, this is fine, and just kind of drink it and enjoy time with their friends. And some mm-hmm. people 
might taste, if you're more of an advanced beer drinker, you can taste the differences. But in any case, I do think that, I don't think, like if someone said, name your top five favorite beer styles. Brown Hill is not one of my top five favorite beer styles. It's just mm -hmm. not. Like, I would rather have Kettle Sours, I'd rather have Vienna Lagers, mm -hmm. I'd rather have Hefs, I'd rather have Hazy IPAs, I'd rather have Barely Stouts, I'd yeah. rather have Porters, mm -hmm. I'd rather have Red Ales. Right? Like, off the top of my head, I, I named seven... So, you named a bunch of different type of beers that require a little bit more complex palate and, and investigatory... Yes. But um, if you're not process, there yet, right? like if I yeah. said barely stouts, and you're like, oh god, I hate those. Mm -hmm. Well, brown ales are probably a good starting spot for mm -hmm. you, like because there was a time where I hated barrel aged stouts, mm -hmm. and until I had Goose Island, and that was when I was like, well, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. um, and I used to hate sours, and then I had a couple where I was like, well, wait a wait a minute. Yeah. And I used to hate hazy IPAs. I thought they were stupid. I thought they yep. were some trendy hipster thing. And I had a couple of like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Wait a freaking minute. Mm-hmm. And so I think brown ales are a good gateway into darker beer. Like if you try, you know, if you think you like yeah. Guinness, you pretty much like brown ales. I'll just leave yeah. it I was about to that. say that. It's like you, you we all have that friend, like you go to a bar, like, oh I only drink Guinness. I only like blah, blah, blah. But they have downtown brown. On uh, on tap, I'm like, dude, just try it, try it, experiment a little bit. You you're gonna like it. You're gonna like it. Yeah. <clears throat> I will right. say this prairie beer is fantastic. It's not a brown ale. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's also a very big punch in the face because it's 12 percent whiskey barrel aged. Wow. Yes. It it feels like it should be like 14 or 15. I'm surprised it's only 12. I wouldn't even give this to our friends that we know that are more complex or more seasoned beer drinkers. This is like pro series. Like, yeah. In order to get the nuances, we're talking about nuances of brown ale. In order to understand what Prairie Artisan did for this Imperial Brown, you really have to have experience tasting the subtleties. Of not just brown ales, but you also have to know stouts. Because yes. this is like, mm -hmm. if again, if you told me this is a barrel-aged stout, I would have believed you. Mm -hmm. Or a barrel-aged porter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the uh, the only other beer mm -hmm. that I wouldn't recommend to most people... Well, actually, we'll go through this. I don't recommend Powder Toastman to anybody. <laughs> uh, Downtown Brown is for beginners. Yeah. Rogue... Is for both beginners and advanced drinkers. Mm -hmm. Like if someone says, "Yeah, I've had a couple brown ales. I haven't found anything I like." I would recommend the Rogue if they've had like Newcastle. If you've had the staples of Newcastle Moose from Downtown Brown, those Prairies Advanced. Um, the Almond Brown Ale I think is great for beginners, if mm -hmm. not intermediate beginners. I'll call it. Uh, Moose yeah. Rule is beginners. Sam Smith is beginners. Oaktown I think is for advanced drinkers. So. If I had to make a very very clear, like, so this is a, this is advanced. Mm -hmm. This is advanced. This is probably trending towards the middle, but like, I'd say of the eight beers we've had, one of them is no, don't drink it, and then five of them are probably for beginners, pound for pound. Yeah. So so okay. So I I want to really quick stop you because. You have three beers in the bottom part of this, this stack that are readily available in most grocery stores to most people. Is it Downtown Brown, Moose Drill, and Sam Smith? 
Yes. Those three. So, I would those, recommend any of those three, too. But that's like, what I'm saying. So hard, if, fast. If like, any of your friends is like, oh, I had some da- moose rolls really good. I'm like, oh, yeah, you probably like Downtown Brown and Sam Smith. You probably, if you're in that range. Honestly, Sam yeah. Smith's Nut Brown Ale, as of today, might be the most underrated beer I've ever had. It's pretty good. And, and again, might be. But, like, mm-hmm. having it today, I was like, wow. Yeah, that's pretty good. I, like, was looking at the bottle before you opened it. was like, I had a book for it. So, all of these, so, okay, so the exception of, so starting with Rogue, Almond, Oak Town, and Prairie Artist Nail, I bought all these beers singly. Um, the Downtown Brown Moose Drool and Sam Smith I bought as six packs, mm. and each six pack was less than $10. Okay, if you can only get one six pack, it's Downtown Brown, Moose Drool, or Sam Smith, which one are you getting? Downtown Brown. Really? Yep. That's my last place one. Mm-hmm. But it's the most versatile. That's true. Unless <laughs> <laughs> you hate it when I come in, I'm like, yeah. I don't hate yeah, it right there. I just uh, like, take it, Jordan. It's the mo- so you're right. It is the most versatile. But if it was a 95 in versatility, Moose Rules 94. Yes, it's not far off. But if we're talking about taste, I think the Sam Smith is, you yes. know, if, if Downtown Brown was a 90 in taste for brown ales, I think Moose Drill's a 91 and Sam Smith is probably a 94. So yep. what it lacks in versatility makes up an overall taste is kind of my view. So if I were to come over, because it's sold in a six pack, if I were to come over to your house, your pool on a hot day, six pack of Sam Smith 90 brown ale, you'd be down to split three and three? Because all three of these, this is the specific point that I made. Sam Smith, Moose Drool, Downtown Brown sold in six packs. Okay, so here's the, we're gonna nuance this even further. <laughs> no, if I'm drinking, a, hold on. If I'm drinking a six pack in one sitting, I want Downtown Brown and Moose Drool. You're drinking three. If I'm drinking yeah. three in a day, I want yeah. Downtown Brown and Moose Drool. If I'm drinking uh-huh. a six pack over a couple days, I want Sam Smith. It's not close. But that was my point. Is I would rather have Downtown Brown if we're drinking. You know, we're splitting six No, no, but if yeah. I said, like, okay, what if, and let me give you a new scenario. What mm. if you were the kind of person that would drink a six-pack a week? Mm. You'd buy a six-pack on Monday. Mm-hmm. Sunday was your, your, whatever, rest day. Yeah. Um, right? And cool. you're going to drink a six-pack over the course of the week. Mm-hmm. If you're going to drink one bottle every day, I think Sam Smith is the best experience. Oh, for sure. Yeah, um, definitely. Definitely. But... If we have to drink it all in a day, the Sam Smith, and here's the difference, just so we're being clear. The Sam Smith offers more complexity in the front end that if you mm-hmm. made me drink three, or in your scenario, by the pool, mm-hmm. outside on a hot day, yeah. I don't want anything to do with that front end complexity. I'd rather have the two just yeah. like straightforward drinking downtown brown or loose drill. Mm-hmm. Those are the two I'd rather have. Yep. If I had to split a six pack on the day, I would rather yep. have Moose Rule, but I agree with you that Downtown Brown, like Downtown Brown's mm-hmm. that beer. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. And that's a personal preference, but both of those beers, I mean, it's same with Newcastle, to be honest. Newcastle was in that family, and that's probably why those are the three staple brown ales. In my mm-hmm. mind, those are the three staple brown ales. Whether or not that's how the world sees it or how whoever's listening sees it. Yeah. Newcastle, we miss you. Please, uh, if you know where to get Newcastle, send us an email. <laughs> yeah, please. Because we clearly don't know. We, you know, between the three people who look for it, we've been at least fifteen places. 
Yeah, well, well, you and I both like Newcastle. My cousin loves Newcastle, and if he couldn't find it, and it was upset, then there's a there's an issue. There's something going on. I think Newcastle's good. So. Neil's honest. I mean, Newcastle was good beer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, all right. Um, that's it. Uh, look, uh, coming up next should be, uh, or at least coming up soon should be a. Uh, Great Notion Spotlight, mm-hmm. so look for yeah. that soon. It's also, right now, at the time of this recording, the intro, or the beginning of Oktoberfest for a lot of breweries. You might see an Oktoberfest episode. And then I also haven't released the uh, recording I took of you drinking through beers at Kilowatt on my phone secretly. Oh, So we have a Kilowatt right. on location recording that's going to pop out that. soon. So I want to do this. Cheers, guys. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> see you later. See you.